this just in. Welcome to the 250, your weekly podcast looking at IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. I'm Darren. And I'm Andrew. And this week we're doing a This Just In, actually, covering a somewhat older movie than most of our This Just Ins. Yeah, I, 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 we've kind of been having this debate about whether we do This Just Ins for older movies that come in, and I was always saying no. Well, when the whole were Tarkovsky <laughs> movies, I think you objected. <laughs> Well, I, I was thinking, like, the whole point is, with a disc just in, is that people can go out and see it in the cinema, and it'll, like, make us relevant. Then we and uh, modern. Yeah, and then at some point, we almost, like, became a, uh, <laughs> week, <laughs> a weekly kind of what's in the cinema podcast. Yeah. About Last a, summer a, was great. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Spider-Man was in here. Spider-Man, John Wick 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Guardians of the really? Galaxy 2. I thought this, yeah, I thought this was a top 250 movies of yeah, all time podcast. This was podcast. a perfectly adequate movie. <laughs> Therefore, we're talking about on the list of the greatest 250 movies ever made. So, so I was, I, 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 I was thinking we're not going to do every single movie that 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 pops in. We we would. Sorry, we... Peter Bogdanovich fans who are desperately waiting for the Paper Moon <laughs> episode about Ryan O'Neill. Um, maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, <laughs> but but I I think in this in this case I made an exception. This is actually something that I saw, which is weird. Because generally, generally, and I, I give, I would give all credit to you. We're kind of peeling back the layers here, but um, keen-eared listeners, keen-eared listeners, keen-eared listeners may have noticed that Darren is more au fait with the list than I. Um, ten, tends to bit. be more aware of the comings in and outs, which was, which is, this one was a bit of a surprise because I had noticed it. Yeah. You you didn't see you, this yourself. You text me, yeah. We're we're I'm I'm sure the, the the people the people listening to the podcast unless they've left their device on, already know the well, exactly movie that we're talking mean. about. Yeah, which is is RoboCop. It's RoboCop, which is which, astounding. Which, which 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 is amazing. This is one of my favorite movies. I don't know if my exhortation to get people to actually vote for this has 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 paid has, has paid off. But if 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 listeners of this podcast have, have upvoted Robocop and that's the reason it's now on the list, then then thank well you. Done. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, you were saying it was already up like 7.5 to 7.7 two, three weeks ago. So yeah. It's, yeah. Well done. This is pretty amazing. I do, I, I, as, as I say, I'm, I, do, I don't know how these metrics work, but I think it's up at like 8.3 or something. Is it higher? Well, it would have to be to, to get on the you list. Were, it would have you to were, you were saying you couldn't see it on the I, list. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I only had a quick look. Like It's been a busy week. I've been running around. I've been running all the Okay, I'm being honest. I'm glad to sort of hand this one to you. Yeah. yeah, Well, I suppose less, less, less pressure. Yeah. But RoboCop, right? Which is astounding. Well, first of all, it's amazing. It it was never on the list before, right? Yeah. Which is amazing to think about the list as something that's existed since 1996 and has never had RoboCop on it. Which is insane. It is completely insane. It's also completely insane that there has never been a. there's never been a Paul Verhoeven film on the list that I can see. I did a quick check before we came up here. Oh, and wow. Like, none of his movies have made the list. I mean, not even Showgirls. But no, more, <laughs> more seriously, uh, like you look at his filmography, which includes stuff like Total Recall, Starship Troopers. Um, it, none of this stuff has made it. Even L early last year, didn't pop on the list, which surprises me because Verhoeven 
seems in many ways like he'd be a director perfectly suited to the list that we've sort of we talked about and we know. Yeah. Because he's a hugely influential filmmaker. I adore his films. Do 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 uh, is it a guilty pleasure for some people? I, I, I there's there's a kind of a sense in in which um like the likes of Starship Troopers and like, Basic Instinct. Don't forget yeah. Basic Instinct. Oh yeah, the the this is Paul Paul Verhoeven was was operating in a time where where the erotic thriller was was a, 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 a genre unto itself. Exactly. We don't really have those anymore. No, not like the hand that rocks the cradle. There's actually, there's a there's another podcast, I think it's called Fatal Attractions, which I've listened to an episode or two, where they go through these 80s and 90s erotic thrillers, and you're like, I kind of miss them. They were awful. <laughs> most of them were terrible. Like, most of them were more like showgirls than, like, Basic Instinct. And Basic Instinct wasn't even that great. But yeah, I, I kind of miss the fact that that was an entire genre and thriving industry. I speaking of entire podcasts, I, there are entire podcasts where they they speak about RoboCop. So <laughs> every, we're competing every single week. Yeah, we're we're stepping on 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 territory. But I I suppose this is just for this week. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it won't <laughs> potentially it won't, like Andrew's long term plan <laughs> is your plan to get RoboCop two and three on the list. It won't be it won't be every week that RoboCop jumps into the list. I don't even know if it's going to last. The strange thing about this is why now. I mean, aside from our our, our, our own little campaign, <laughs> yeah. like when we are two years removed from that horrible, horrible reboot. Did you see the reboot? I did not. Good call. In, in fact, according to the podcast, to the other podcast, we must include a, a, a link to it. The name has popped out of my head. I do beg your pardon. I know I'm the fact machine this week. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we'll, we'll um, include it in the show notes. But um, they... They um as part of the canon of that show is 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 that there are no sequels either. Well, that's probably a good call because like yeah, one of the things that's striking about RoboCop and like one of the reasons I love RoboCop so much, we put RoboCop in the Blu-ray player here in the house, yeah, and it immediately picked up where I had last stopped watching it, which was the the credit for I think producer, uh, which was remarkable because John last- Davison. Yeah, John Davison, which is remarkable because the last time I watched it was three years ago. You know, if you're you're worried about your personal data being stored, well, you know, your Blu-ray player is doing that for you. But like, it reminded me of I think. The oh, last... But we're I don't know is is now the, the 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 right time to apologize to our listeners for for revealing all of their information. Yeah, via online. I mean, I I, I feel like you you filled out you played the Animal Farm game that we host on the two fifty <laughs> website. You took that personality quiz. I feel like you just put it out there. I mean. You know, we can't really be responsible for how massive anonymous corporations who pay us large amounts of money use the data that we've harvested from our our listeners. Exactly. If you were making uh, the amount of money that we're making from from this podcast, you wouldn't ask questions either. Yeah. Try and try and put yourself in our shoes. Try to try to just have a bit of empathy for people who are earning large amounts of money for doing morally dubious things. It's it's very difficult, but I believe you can do it. You can find that empathy within yourself. Exactly. But more to the point, though, what I, what I said... I what, beg your pardon. Sorry. One of the more interesting... Well, first of all, the joy of RoboCop is the fact that last time I watched it, I was introducing it to my roommate, who was with, who'd never seen it before. And he'd basically, he'd come to, he'd been familiar with RoboCop through all the stuff that they don't talk about on the other RoboCop podcast. He was familiar through its presence in pop culture. So the fact that RoboCop is an iconic character, the fact that there were like three different sequels, the fact there was a television show, the fact there was an animated kids show, the fact that there were action figures and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And one of the joys of RoboCop as directed by Paul Verhoeven in 1987 is the fact that it is so much smarter than the franchise would have you believe. Mm. It's almost like if you're coming to Terminator having only watched Terminator 3, 4 and Genesis and you're going, whoa, this is actually good and whoa, this is actually clever. Exactly. It, it's it's so clever. It's so satirical. It was, it was written by Ed Neumeyer and it was presented to Paul Verhoeven. Basically, it kind of, kind of it, it was it was it was it was landed on him and, and he was asked if he wanted to do it. And he kind of had a read of it. And uh, apparently, so the story goes, my recollection of it was that he didn't really think very much of it. And he kind of cast it aside. His wife was like, oh, what's what's that? It's like, oh, it's it's a it's a silly movie, really. It's like a B movie. She she had a read of it and and she came back to him and said, there's actually a lot of um, quite interesting uh, stuff here. But I think we've said b- before on the podcast some sometimes the strength of a director is finding something with with depth and adding layers onto it. Yeah. And 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 what 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 stood out to I suppose we 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 won't go into to 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 too much, too much discussion about about what the themes were, but there is, there is, there is a thematic richness and as I say a a, a, um, a real kind of satirical bite to this. This is also a very uh, funny movie. It is. We spent um, most of this rewatch in stitches. Despite that, we we both seen it numerous yeah. times before. It's 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 also a very shocking kind of uh, visceral, visceral like, horrific it's very, movie. It's it, very graphic, but in terms of technique and craft, like we well, again, we'll talk about this when we get the spoiler zone. It's very well put together. Yeah, it's remarkably well constructed, even from a technical standpoint. But even in terms of framing, composition, in terms of how Verhoeven shoots, what is mm. you know what he had, what he described as a B movie. Yeah, um, it, it's. Just and, made to the highest standards and the collaborations on this movie as well some some of the uh, the the likes of rob uh, button and phil tippett uh, uh button just designed robocop yes if I remember correctly and uh pippin did pippin did uh the ed 209 yes yeah we'll 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 i i, I guess we'll discuss a little bit of, of 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 that over the other side but it, there's 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 so there's so much going on here. There's so many fantastic scenes and great performances, and this is an action movie yeah. as well. This is this this the there's incredible action sequences. The level of violence is enough to 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 put off a a, a large kind of volume of people. I mean, yeah. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why Verhoeven, despite the fact that he is. Like, for an entire generation of people my age, he would be, and yourself and myself included, he'd be, like, a defining filmmaker. But I wonder if one of the reasons why he doesn't make the list is because his stuff is so abrasive, because it has so much violence and sex in it. Yeah. You know, it, it's very much, it's very, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of the old ultraviolence, to quote a Kubrick film. It's got a lot of that visceral, like, it's aggressive and it's confrontational. In a way that, I mean, even, say, Fight Club, to pick an example, or some of the Quentin Tarantino movies on the list, they, you know, they are are aggressive they are violent they do depict acts of violence they do depict blood but they don't go quite as extreme you know like you get no. the sense that he ordered blood squibs like in bulk for this movie yeah and i i would imagine part of that might also be the rob Botton as well has previous on on this from i i i, I believe he did work on the thing Oh, cool! Um, oh, yes, he did. Yes, yeah. Now that you mentioned the name, actually. Um, as as well. So this this was definitely something in his wheelhouse, but it's 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 also something within 
Verhoeven's tastes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, oh yeah, well it fits well you can very much draw a straight line between this and the next movie you did, which was Total Recall. Yeah. Which is set on Mars and has all this other sort of this wonderful sort of prosthetic work going on, this science fiction allegory structure. And kind of this, body horror. Yeah, stuff happening within it. And I mean like it's funny you should mention Verhoeven as a as a director who adds like depth and nuance to the film he's doing, because one of the more interesting and in inverted commas aspects of modern cinema over the past decade or so, right? And this is something that has perplexed me. And this is, I'm, I'm not a cinematic naysayer. I'm not like a, a doomsayer who's like, oh, why don't they make original movies anymore? I'm sick of reboots and sequels and spin-offs and stuff. I'm generally, you know, I'm quite open-minded. Like, I'll admit that the Planet of the Apes reboot is arguably better than the original or whatever. But one of the things that has shocked me or surprised me about modern cinema and about, like, remakes and about films that they've chosen to remake is the fact that there's this huge interest in Verhoeven's, like, intellectual property uh, by major studios. Like, so, for example, you yeah. had the sequel to Basic Instinct with Sharon Stone. You had the and remake Total of Total Recall. Recall. And I you saw had, that. Yeah. yeah, and you had the remake of Robocop, which we alluded to earlier, which is, like, remaking them suggests that the studios understand that these are, like, popular and beloved films, right? They understand... The fact that the studio said, they, let's do a $100 million remake of these suggests they know that these are good films i think they know that i don't think they know why yes that's the issue is yeah. that because all those remakes and sequels and stuff what they do is they take a film that worked so well and attracted such a cult audience because they were so weird and confrontational and grotesque and horrific and smooths all the rough edges off total yeah. recall the the remake doesn't even go to mars there's no three-breasted woman in it. There's no. none of the absurdity or the bright colours or the, you know, the, the grotesquery, the sort of decompression. There's none of the really messing with the mind stuff. It's all very generic. It's all very grey. It's all very safe. And I mean, yeah. even the Robocop reboot is basically like a Christopher Nolan Batman movie, which is not what a Robocop reboot should be like at all. No, no. And it, it's, 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 it's a very strange thing because it's, it, it, when, when the, when these things happen, it feels like a kind of like a licensing agreement, like, like they've taken Robocop and it could have just been a lunchbox, yeah. but it was a movie, <laughs> you, you, you know, yeah. like, like, like you have permission to use the name Robocop. Now, now, now go make the movie that you want to make, which, with, with Robo which Cop doesn't really understand it. Well, I, I mean, we... I, he has I, to be a cop, he has to be part <laughs> robot. That's what we got here. Yeah, I mean, there's something compelling about the, the whole kind of premise anyway. With, yeah. with it, without um, without kind of, layering on the satire or the absurdity or yeah. the heightened quality that Verhoeven brings to it, and I'm sure I'm sure I suppose the thing that makes these movies great is in part their kind of um, weirdness and uh, well, just visceral quality. quality. Yeah. yeah, and this, so this is also like a very sad movie in parts. Oh, it is. It's it's got it does run it, like the full gamut of emotions. It's and it's it does so in a way that is. Despite the fact that, and we described it as a satirical movie, and it's a very satirical movie, it's also in parts a very earnest movie. Yeah, and it like that's an incredible balance for something to strike. And it, it's sometimes within like 
within seconds of of yeah. like, like you you have something horrific followed by something is some kind of like hilarious, hilarious juxtaposition yeah. yeah and then like a one liner and a punchline and and you have like something that's very moving and then you cut to a cheap gag and or yeah. you cut to like a biting piece of political commentary that is completely contrary to the more intimate moment of drama that you were just watching yeah it's a great movie for a, a person to kind of look around look at you and wonder why are you laughing <laughs> because <laughs> that, that, something terrible just happened it's like oh i know i know but also that um... yeah you missed the thing in the background of the terrible thing there was something hilarious going on yeah but i mean so i guess the only thing left to ask before we go into this war zone before we talk about it in, in any more depth is andrew and i think i know the answer to this yes andrew do you think that robocop the 1987 version, to be clear, belongs on the 250. The IMDb's list of the greatest movies ever made. I absolutely do. I I think um, I think it, it it's it's taken long enough to 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 get, to get on the list, and I, I'm 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 glad it is. I w- I would even I would even be happy if 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 it didn't stay on the list. I would want it to, but the fact that it, the fact that it's got on and we're actually <laughs> having a chance. It's a vindication. Yeah. Because cause I, I think when we started off the podcast, I realized some of the movies that weren't on the list. And it's like, why can't we watch Robocop? Yeah. Now we've, we've gotten a chance to. Next up, The Mission, then <laughs> Taffin. Um, but yeah, we've we got to build towards these sort of things. I mean, would this be your favorite Paul Verhoeven movie? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I, 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 would, I would, for me anyway, I, know, I, I, I appreciate these things are subjective. But for me... Total Recall doesn't compare to it. I don't think Starship Troopers really, really um, compares to it. I mean, there is an argument for Showgirls, but <laughs> Showgirls is an underrated masterpiece. Yeah, I in in it's better than Striptease. That's that's the one thing that you can put in like the plus Showgirls. It's home. a really weird movie, <laughs> yeah. and I I have to kind of appreciate. You know uh, the, the 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 like <laughs> the bizarre choices kind of in that movie <laughs> and the like it it feel it feels very kind of that movie feels very sort of um i guess <laughs> i'm trying to dance around saying it but like drug fueled i'm not saying <laughs> um, that it, that you 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 watch a movie and it's like whoa there was everybody like a was lot of doing, cocaine yeah. yeah the um <laughs> no i not the, to cast any aspersions to cast any the characters aspersions. of anybody who worked on that yeah. movie. Um, Kyle MacLachlan, Elizabeth Shue, but but uh, there, there, there's a kind of a manic quality about yeah. uh, about sure. Verhoeven when 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 you see kind of him working on set, he's not an easy director to work with. Yeah, um, I, can, I can imagine that based on even the interviews. Yeah, that it's I've very heard. and there's something very kind of like fr- frenetic about him, and, yeah. and 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 I think he he he. He 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 likes all of the kind of um, harsh kind of like I think pul- pulpy is the wrong word, but but you know I, I can see what you're saying with Verhoeven having that sort of rough and ready quality. Like he embraces the rough edges. Like none of his movies are necessarily easy um, in the sense no. of like they're they're quite easy to enjoy. You can switch your brain off and just enjoy like the pretty pictures, the nice compositions, the bright colors that he you know splatters with blood. But even like the the action sequences, they're all very enjoyable. But there's always something simmering beneath the surface of them. And I think you're right when you say that like Showgirls is pulpy maybe pulpy is not the right word but it has no. an energy to it that is lacking in and i love 
You point out the, the erotic thriller genre that is sadly no longer with us. I love the fact that around this time there were dueling stripper erotic thriller movies. There was also yeah. striptease starring Demi Moore as well, which gives you an example of, like, it's a counterexample of Showgirls. Like, I mean, is it a better movie? Maybe. Is it a f more fun movie? No. No, it takes itself entirely too seriously. It's entirely too leaden. It moves entirely too slowly. It cannot keep pace with something like Showgirls, for example. And I mean, even even in L, which was the movie that um, Verhoeven did last year, which was just, again, it, it's another, it is a film that is arguably like a pulpy revenge thriller. It's not arguably a pulpy, it is a pulpy revenge thriller. And mm. it's incredibly trashy and it is incredibly awkward and it's very uncomfortable to watch in some points, but that's that's the point. There's a sense where Hoven likes being provocative, maybe would be the word. Right. And he likes sort of, uh, sort of playing with the audience and teasing them out. I mean, even something like, say, um, Starship Troopers, which is, uh, um, you know, it's an adaptation of a book which was very fascist in places um and the film then heightens that to such a degree that it becomes like it's at times hard to tell how much of a satire of military science fiction it is versus how much of a god military science fiction is great let's just embrace this it yeah that's the 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 pose in, law in it, yeah i suppose in in starship troopers it it's not entirely obvious, <laughs> yeah. kind of that uh, the um at what at what level the 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 this this is kind of like being approached. Yeah, and I feel maybe RoboCop is clearer in that respect. I mean, I I would have a hard time picking my favorite for Hope and Film. I think you're right. Total Recall is too messy. Uh, Showgirls is sadly out of the conversation. <laughs> but I mean, it would it would be this I or mean, it would be Starship Troopers. Yeah, I I mean the one 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 of. One of, for 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 a lot of people, myself included, one of the best things about the likes of striptease and showgirls was the the sheer sheer amount of nudity in them. <laughs> I I I I feel like it's my theory anyway that part of the appeal. Oh, of the erotic of, thriller. So you think the erotic the, thriller genre is dead because the I, internet I, made pornography more I, accessible. <laughs> Oh no! I, no okay. but my 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 theory Sorry, was that I, like, people, I leapfrogged you there. My theory was that um, the people like boobies. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I, like I'm, I'm wondering if you can draw a connection between that as the basis of the erotic thriller genre. It's a hot take, genre. Darren. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to cope with it. I'm reeling <laughs> with it right here. But I'm wondering if, like, the logical extension of that is the extinction of the erotic thriller genre being down to the fact that you can now get boobies online. Yeah, and readily which, and accessible. Yeah, so, like, I mean, because I remember, which, which is kind of um, like it, 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 it's. It, do you think that's a shame? <laughs> what? No, no, um, no, no. As, I, as, as in, like, the, it's a strange, it's a strange kind of. We're not talking about an erotic thriller, by the way. But yeah. I suppose if we're talking about for Verhoeven, we have to talk yeah. about the erotic thriller genre. No, it just it was an interesting avenue to go down because I was kind of when you when you pitch that idea there when you're like the appeal of showgirls and striptease is the following. Also, they don't make movies like Showgirls and Striptease anymore. I just wondered yeah. if the logical leap was, have you know, has internet pornography meant that, like, you no longer have to turn to the erotic? I mean, you know, would people our age have, you know, at the time in the 90s when you didn't, when you had dial-up or whatever, instead of looking online for pornography, would young men have just gone, well, it's got striptease in the title. Let's, I figure I'll watch that. Are you asking this as a rhetorical question? Yeah, Yes. 
so like as 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 someone who was a young man <laughs> do you not have a, a, like an, an answer to that question I mean, I d- yourself I didn't watch I didn't watch I never watched I didn't watch striptease until years later when it happened to be on television showgirls I think I sought out after I saw starship troopers right so I boobies were never really the selling point for me <laughs> I'm just shocked look- into silence. Andrew's looking at me like he's trying to determine. This is like I feel like I'm playing poker with Andrew, and Andrew's like, but "Is he bluffing?" It's yeah. You you don't have to yeah. But um, the I I I I feel like you're telling the truth. <laughs> um, um, the, did, did you like? I mean, what, like, yeah, I, mean, it was I, entire, I understand like, like abstractly the concept I of mean, young men wanting to see boobs. Like I understand that. <laughs> But I also you understand like, abstractly. Well, okay. Obviously, I was a young man. I wanted to see boobs. Yes, I, I am also familiar with that concept. But it, it seems like watching a Paul uh, Verhoeven your, your, movie. Your your reputation has, has just has, been shattered. Yeah, yeah. We're, like this is a scandal. Yeah, Dar- everybody is boobs. shocked. I know it's terrifying. But no, I'm more talking about like. But I would never have watched a would watched a Paul Verhoeven movie to see them. I wouldn't like. That wouldn't have been on my mind. Yeah, but like th- things, th- movies like The Specialist say we're we're cool because and and I know I know The Specialist is the Sylvester Stallone yeah, bomb disposal one, right? Exactly. With James Woods and Sharon Stone. I know, and I and I Sharon Stone was in so many of those. Yeah. You, even like things like The Quick and the Dead. Yes. Had, had like their the the that was the Sam Raimi one, yeah. Yeah, they it even 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 that had a kind of a scene where Russell Crowe and and uh, Sharon was Stone have, have yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I and knew Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. I knew DiCaprio and, was. I didn't know Crowe um, was. Gene Hackman. Yes, I remember Gene Hackman. Okay, I didn't um, didn't know Crowe was in it. Yeah. Ah. But anyway, you're telling me that there was a boob scene in that. <laughs> I I I've 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 I feel like a complete dork now for 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 bringing up uh, the the I think I do it to make you feel uncomfortable <laughs> and then it boomerangs yeah yeah um but yeah so I think I think that's great I would sound like an eleven year old child I think deep down I am well, I mean deep down aren't we all yeah but I mean being honest I would agree with putting I agree with putting RoboCop or certainly a Verhoeven film on the two fifty I'd be of two minds whether it should be RoboCop or whether it should be Starship Troopers or whether it should be both. But yeah, RoboCop is a stone cold classic. If you haven't seen it, go out and see it. And I mean, it's hard to imagine there are people who haven't. But if you oh, haven't, totally uh, are, yeah. yeah. If you haven't, I suspect part of the reason you haven't is because you've been like you you saw the 2014 remake, or you've seen the toys, or you've seen the children's commercial. You think it's basically it's a, it's a cold, cynical, cashing movie. It's completely different from that. It's a wonderfully bold, original science fiction like 80s action movie, all wrapped up in this sort of like pulpy B movie aesthetic, delivered to the highest technical quality and the highest level of craft. It's just astounding. Go see it. Pause this podcast right now. Take the one hour and 40 minutes. It's only one hour and 40 minutes, which is remarkable given how much stuff's in there. Watch it. Come back and join us after the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler Zone. So, Andrew, because I know you've been very excited to talk about this. What is RoboCop about for you? Well, it, it's 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 about a lot of things. It's 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 about um, the what it means to be a human being. It's about the relationship of um, businesses and capitalism to to society. It's it's a retelling of the story of Jesus Christ. 
it's, I think this may be going out on Easter Sunday, actually, so this is wonderfully appropriate. Is is this the best Easter this movie This is ever? an Easter movie, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than, than Hop. <laughs> All right, what was that? Yeah, that's probably the best one. Yeah. Oh, the one with Hugh Jackman as well, wasn't there? What? Was there one recently where he played the Easter Bunny? Yes. Was there? It's a funny thing where, like, it makes... Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit. There we go. It's better than Peter Rabbit. Better than Peter... Yeah, Peter Rabbit is, is... It's this year with James Corden. It's being released in Ireland. It was released in Ireland last weekend in the lead up to Easter, basically. I, 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 I don't know why... Um... Why, why, why they're not putting James Corden in more movies? No, sorry. To to be clear, I, 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 um, I, don't, I, hate I, James I don't hate James Corden. I, I, I won. I saw we we did a James Corden movie before the Emoji movie. Um, I feel and, like calling that a James Corden movie is really unfair. It's also a T.J. Miller movie and a Jack White movie as well. Yeah, the the um, I like. James Corden a little bit. I, 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 I saw him, for example, in um, One Man, Two Governors. I think that was what it was called. Uh, it was a, it was a play. Oh, okay. Um, that that did very well. It was like this kind of like one hundred stars, as in like ten of the kind of uh, main like publications had given it ten out of ten wow. stars or, or something That's like this. Amazing. It, 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 it did very well, and I think it might have been part of what. Aside from the other kind of projects he had. What launched him on Yeah, yeah. Because it is funny to think of Corden as an actor, given he's so firmly established himself as, like, the host of the League of, of, the League of Our Own or the, um, you know, the late show over in the uh, over in the US, for example. Like, but, I mean, um, but he is... He surprisingly, is, he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, we got a bit sidetracked there. I beg your pardon. But yeah, no, as an Easter movie, though, because it is, like, we'll, we'll latch on to that for a moment. <laughs> Robocop is a story of death and resurrection. And there's a sense and, even... And not just death, but of crucifixion. Yes. And and resurrection. Because he gets the, literally shot through the hand as well. In this. Exactly. The, the, a, a lot of people felt uncomfortable about the level of violence so early in the movie and were kind of... I, I, I believe the studio were, were, were pushing back. There was a number of things that they pushed back on I think the version of the movie that we saw was 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 uncut, but that the, that the theatrical version wanted to and were able to remove cer- certain sections of it. Wow! But but I and I suppose I'll, I'll I'll talk about the the bits the bits that we were left in and the bits were that were taken out. But um, but one thing that Verhoeven insisted on was that this had to be a gruesome death. Yeah. Um. He said we we can't. Do the resurrection unless we do the the crucifixion the first. Yeah. Oh, which is yeah, so which, quite literally, yeah. Which yeah, because to Verhoeven, this was very clear what this movie was about. Well, I yeah. mean, like even the even the final, the end of the movie where he's confronting uh, Bodecker in the in the quarry, and he's walking on water. He's walking on water now. Yeah. You, a cynic might say that he's walking through a very shallow pool of water, but the way in which it's shot is very clearly meant to evoke Christ. It's, it's yeah. him walking on pretty much the surface of the water, like having come back from the dead, having taken back his identity, having confirmed who he is, and basically, you know, coming back and redeeming mankind. Yeah, and and it, it, it this this is um, that 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 was the thing that interested um, for for Hoven about it because I I think. I think the script was more of a kind of a um, a uh, satire 
I, the, the idea Ed Newmeyer was 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 more so like the advertisements, Ed, yeah, and, yeah, and the, the, the corporates or the, the commentary the, on capitalism the, and stuff. Yeah, the whole idea of um, public uh, s- sphere being kind of uh, bought, and they, they like I, I suppose in the kind of uh, context of Reaganism. That's kind of interesting because I would have figured, like looking at Verhoeven's other films, and most obviously like Total Recall and Starship Troopers. I would have assumed that stuff came from Verhoeven. It's interesting to hear that was the stuff in the script. And it was the religious stuff, the religious iconography that came. Very well, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure the. I'm sure the. Um, I'm sure all of the kind of um, remarks that the movie makes about capitalism drew him to it as well. Yeah. But what he what 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 he says kind of um, was the was was the thing that convinced him that it wasn't fluff. Yeah, was this this idea of it as an allegory of of of, of Christ, basically? Yeah, and it's also a Frankenstein story. Oh, it you undoubtedly is. Yeah, so. like we we I I I I suppose that's the that's that's a, a, a kind of an obvious comparison to make. But it, we, it you feel it you feel it so strongly in the towards the end of the movie. Where he's he's been been turned upon by by, by the villagers who happen yeah. to be a SWAT team member, you know exactly. But I mean, even that you have like this idea of raging against the creator and this idea of you know this this argument this corporation that brought him into yeah. this world is something that he then dismantles and destroys. And it's also it's it's um, the interesting thing, I guess, is that when you have these movies about. In this case, it's a robot struggling to come to terms with what he is, like being kind of troubled by this consciousness and confused. There, it, it, it. I think it, it kind of speaks to 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 everyone in a way. Well, it's got a very like, existential sort of yeah. thing, and it's it's fascinating that like this was released in nineteen eighty seven. And we've covered actually quite a lot of these 80s movies on the podcast before, but like Aliens would have been released around the same time, which had a similar arc with Bishop, where Bishop sort of like, is Bishop basically human? Is he as, is he the best person of this group of people we've assembled, despite the fact he's not really a person? You had like Total Recall, not Total Recall, you had, for example, Blade Runner, where yeah. there's this whole big thing of, are they real people? And if they aren't, does it matter if, if they experience what real yeah. people experience? Even Star Trek The Next Generation, which would have premiered later this year, also had the character of Data, who was yeah. a, a you know an android who basically longed to be human. It's kind of interesting to look at the context of like the late 80s and see this sort of discussion of like what makes a human being. Now, obviously, science fiction like had been writing this since God knows when, Asimov, you know, Bradbury, all those all those big writers. But to see it handled in popular culture in such a way is kind of in such concentration at this time, it's strange. And it's the idea as well that gets used a lot of the android as an infant. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's literally eating baby food. He's lit- yeah. And and they, 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 there's always that sense to it, to, to which even, even like, um, I suppose, Data in Star Trek, this um, incredible intelligence, is has this father figure or this wide-eyed sort yeah, of uh, this and, wide-eyed innocence yeah yeah and 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 kind of doesn't doesn't understand the the, the complexities kind of, of yeah. human interaction and the way in which we interact with the world despite having lots of book knowledge despite being programmed to like respond to stimuli he doesn't quite grasp or have consciousness or he aspires towards having consciousness he has to learn it which is it's fascinating yeah that's kind of interesting i'm just sort of wondering if there's something around the late 80s maybe maybe it is a reaganism thing because there's a lot of reaganism stuff here but we're with regards to like questioning of humanity 
Is it, is it maybe like we're coming out of the Cold War and it's like, okay, well, you know, we're accepting that the Cold War is winding down. Now we have to have these discussions about who we are, and, you know, without the threat of communism defining us. Like, is there some big reason existentially why pop culture in like the late 80s was suddenly like, what does it mean to be human? <laughs> well, because it's certainly not something I I would argue that contemporary cinema is is terribly interested in. Oh, in, you mean in, with regards to like Blade Runner and stuff like that? Or well, like no, I, I, in fairness, I think I said when we watched Blade Runner at 2049 that I thought that movie actually... It, for me, went went deeper than the original in in terms in of sense. asking those questions. I, you, I you've mean, talked I, about this before, actually, I, with regards to why we don't get science fiction movies now, like we used to get in the eighties, that would yeah. do stuff like this. Yeah, I, I, it, it's it's. I think, like I, I suppose I suppose a um, uh, a cynical view might be that um, you can't challenge these kind of sacred cows. What you mean, like that? Uh, you can't confront the audience with the idea that maybe you know humanity is something to be earned or grown into, is it? Um, well, I, I, I suppose I was referring more to 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 the, the oh the movies themselves. No, to oh. to to the um to the to to the way it treats the whole kind of like capitalist system. Ah, okay. Yeah, but in 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 ter- in terms of like in terms of questioning um getting an audience to question who who they fundamentally are. I don't know why, 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 why those movies don't, because like I, I see, I see it being a, an, like a machine is, is a kind of an analog for, for, for your physical body. Yeah. You know? What's the mechanical so, process? Yeah. It's like, it's the divide between the brain and the mind or the heart and the soul. Exactly. So, so, so a, a, a an android or a cyb or a cyborg in this instance can have that difficulty of establishing their humanity because they're they're part or entirely machine. Yeah. We can sometimes question kind of uh, how how spiritual are we? Are 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 we are we just kind of like flesh and bone? I guess. Yeah, this machine's made of meat, sort of speculation. Yeah. Whereas, like having machines makes it even more abstract because they're machines made of metal, um, and somehow it it's it's yeah it's it's. it's a greater gulf between imagining their, you know, intangible like spirit or soul. I think it's a very accessible way of thinking about it. Yeah, and it, it's a wonderful sort of layer level of abstraction as well. Yeah, and I mean maybe that that's why RoboCop works so well. I mean, and not just in this sort of like existential like story of Christ, story of humanity thing, but even in like the capitalist stuff, even in the like critique of Reaganism and the way that these these science fiction movies in general, the reason they work so well is because they are so abstract because they're so heightened and so surreal that they are removed and they can ask these questions that, you know, that other movies maybe wouldn't ask so bluntly or wouldn't confront so directly. It's a funny thing because we do live in strange times. Yeah. So the, 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 some, some of the, some of the ridiculous kind of aspects of the movie aren't so ridiculous. uh, ridiculous. Yeah. There's a a great moment when uh, Dick Jones, the, this, you know, the number two working at OCP uh, basically gives a big speech about the plan for the expansion of the company that will take them into like military hospitals, police forces and space. 
And you're like watching this in 2018 and going, yeah, privatization of police forces. Prisons. Oh, prisons as well. Privatization of prisons, privatization of space flight, privatization of hospitals. Yeah. Like this, this, you know, this was a funny joke in 1987. This was like yeah. an extrapolation of the worst case scenario. The the idea of trusting, um, the, it's, it's <laughs> I guess, relevant in, in these times, but the... The idea of trusting billionaires was thought eccentric back then. Yeah, like, it was like a the, radical concept. There's yeah. no way that billionaires would be able to get this firm a grip on like the. Where, where, whereas now there's an i there there's there's an idea amongst people that um, tech billionaires are um, are uh, celebrity television uh, oh, stars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, re, sorry, reality TV show stars um, who are billionaires would would like no best yeah. i guess would have actual experience in how to yeah. lead us because i mean a lot of the stuff you're right a lot of the stuff in robocop that seemed absurd in 1987 and we should say when it seemed absurd in 1987 it, this was like speculative and this was like looking at the direction things were going and just pushing it to number 11 the issue is that like now in 2018 it seems like we're we're almost at number 12 in some respects yes yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here like for example that you know the you know, the militarization of the police forces, for example, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, we looked at stuff like Ferguson a couple of years ago, where you were seeing, like, police forces driving around in, like, military, you know, military-grade vehicles using military-grade weapons and assault rifles and stuff like that on protesters. And you're, you're looking at this and you're saying, this is, this is absurd. Like, these are, these are police forces in theory. They're not, like, meant to be paramilitary organizations that yeah. are, like, provided for by, you know, by... I, inter- yeah, I I think you you see that as well in a lot of instances where where private companies in in interest is kind of uh, threatened by a people's movement. Yeah. Say 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 for example, some of the uh, pipelines in the United States and here, there's a lot of kind of mobilization of what of should police. in theory be state resources. Yeah. yeah. To to to, to defend the uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not an abstraction by any measure as well. I mean, like, and this is the thing, this is set in Detroit, which is, you know, not a, not a subtle choice at all. Detroit no. being, you know, a city that was largely run down, a city that had faced an economic depression. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about, we've talked about lots of movies that have been filmed or set in Detroit. Gran Torino is probably the most recent example in the podcast. Yeah. But like, Det- I- Detroit... Like, you look at stuff like, say, the Flint water crisis and stuff like that at the moment. You look at stuff like the actual depiction of the state in, say, Ryan Gosling's Lost River, where it's something that, you know, it's practically an apocalyptic wasteland in some respects. You have, like, houses that are sold for a dollar or given away for free in the hopes of convincing people to stay in the, in the region. And it's it's really depressing because it seems almost like the like the, the really depressing corporatized future of Detroit presented in Robocop is almost ideal compared to what's happened since. Yeah, and it, it like there there there's a sense in which the the Detroit of of Robocop is also a city born of its its kind of roots. As in you 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 have um you have in the school uh sorry, you have in the movie Robocop visiting the Lee Iacocca um uh, uh elementary school lee iacocca was a was i believe a a ford um or ah, um, nice. a, 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 a executive um so with, detroit with, motor city sort of yeah thing. he like he he's he's famous for a number of things he had written kind of like books on kind of um 
I suppose his kind of uh, rules to like um, success in his career. Um, but he's also famous for having said that um, I'm not sure is it is 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 it it is it enti- is it apocryphal or if it, if it, but something he's known to have said was um, that safety doesn't sell. Ah yes, and I've heard that there, one. There is the the um, crisis. What I think it, it was there or the scandal, which I believe is the was it Pinto. I didn't hear this one. Tell me this one. Oh, where they did where they did the maths and they figured out that a recall would be more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Where this this uh, a very dangerous car. Yeah, and um, they did the maths and they determined it would actually be more effective to settle the debts, wrongful death suits out of court yeah. than it would be to recall the entire line and save lives. Exactly, which 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 kind of reminded me a little bit of the the uh, Ed two hundred nine sequences. Yeah. yeah. Where and and even even with Robocop that like the 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 kind of lack of 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 any real kind of um sensitivity it's like loses arm yeah and it's like well um well, we can do what we like he's he's he's, he's dead he signed and he's signed a release form yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's our property basically yeah. as well like there there is a yeah there's something really disconcerting and, and unnerving about that and I mean like you look at this and you look at the way that politics are and it's not just politics like in the US or whatever it's it's just across the board where you do have these special interests and I mean it's not just like right wing Republican stuff as well you have like obviously Clinton and Obama delivering speeches for shareholders where you know tickets cost God knows how much and the funding that's provided but to you know it's impossible to mount an election campaign for example in the states without a major corporate donor which means that you are yeah. never going to vote on legislation that goes against their interest despite what your constituents may have voted for there's like I mean it's not as overt as the the corp you know the corporatocracy of as presented in the film but there is like it's not that far removed and it's 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 interesting as well because it's 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 the the uh company OCP Omni Consumer Products who don't by the way <laughs> I think a lot of people have pointed this out don't seem to create any consumer products <laughs> consumer products yeah <laughs> um, but um I suppose it's one of those things where they started out making consumer products like um, the independent film channel <laughs> or MTV. <laughs> and then sort of diversified as they went yeah, along. Yeah, until such time as they, 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 they no longer will there be any music on MTV. <laughs> yeah, no longer will there be any consumer products. But I mean, this, yeah. is, this is the argument is that, uh, and I wonder, this sort of struck me when I was watching it this time, is that the, despite the cynicism that Robocop feels towards OCP, right? Right. As embodied by, you know, the character of Doug Jones, the character played by Miguel Ferrero, right? Uh, Bob Morton. Bob Morton. The actual CEO of um, OCP seems like a pretty decent guy with the British accent, the old man, as he's the known. The old man, as yeah. He's known. He actually um, seems like a fairly decent sort because he seems to bristle against some of the stuff that's suggested by uh, Jones. And he sort of... At the end, he, you know, he's the one who fires Jones so that they can have the big cathartic moment where he gets yeah. shot out the window, which is a really clever storytelling beat. Like, that's yes. a really great example of, like, setup and payoff in terms of storytelling. It's like, you can't hurt a member of the company, but if I fire him, he's not a member of the company. And it's just, it's a really great bit of writing. But there is, throughout it seems like the evil in the company is in some ways sort of Morton and Jones, sort of their subdivisions. 
as yeah. much as the company the f- itself. F- for, yeah, the funny thing as well was that... Because um, Jones is pushing in the direction of, like, prisons and military and police forces and space exploration. It's like, good business is wherever you find it. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the sense in the movie is that there's something naive or avoidant about about the old man that that he kind of um you know the, like like um off uh, in oftentimes there'll be a certain amount of kind of detachment or a a, a lack of um I guess a disengagement from the day-to-day running of the operation yeah, as yeah. long as it's turning a profit yeah that's all that the, has. The, yeah the, the, he says like oh um the way Jones talks about him is like, oh, the 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 man, the old man, kind of uh, wishes well, yeah. me- means well, yeah, yeah. Which is it's kind of strange because you would imagine that it would be like a fish rocks from the head situation, but I guess maybe maybe through the characters of Jones and Morton, it's suggesting something more systemic, mm. suggesting that like because I mean the idea is that Jones and Morton are basically steering the company. Well, the the f- funny thing about Morton's character, Miguel Ferrer... Who, who is fantastic. Well, I mean, the yeah. entire cast is fantastic. Absolutely. The entire cast is filled full of all and, these B-movie actors. Like, uh, uh, Kurt Wood-Smith. Yeah. Uh, we, oh. I, I, I can't talk enough about Kurt. Like, the... Um, when you talk about B-movie uh, actors, I suppose you could, you could include Weller in that. Oh, yeah. Weller, um, definitely. Like, I yeah. mean, the cast of, of this pretty much end to, up to, driving like to be clear that's sticks. not a slam no 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 weather is fantastic he is very good uh, but I mean even like the cast of this movie end up driving like Star Trek guest appearances Twin Peaks and the X-Files for the next 20 years like, yeah they're, and they're good they're great actors in fact it's kind of sad that they ended up kind of in some ways confined to the genre ghetto or whatever but I mean even stuff like Ray Wise Paul McCrane who people may know as Romano from Eeyore yes the man whose nemesis was a helicopter you know you have for example even beyond that you have um yeah you have Ferrero you have uh Ronnie Cox as yes Um, but the the interesting thing about Bob Morton's character is that he was written as a villain but the 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 a lot of people have interpreted him as a as 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 one of the good guys. Really, and the re, the the, re, the re, re, reason is, and I think they realized that when they were making the movie, is the the moment when uh, Robocop stands up for the first time, and you see uh, Bob in front of him. Yeah. Like 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 a father to a child that's walking yeah. for the first Patrick time, clapping. I think. And yeah, like absolutely. It, and 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 it's this kind of, it's this thing that really melts, a a, a, a cold a, heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the the whole kind it of like way that... you see Morton kind of. Um, it, it changes. Changes. I, I, it, 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 it's a, a very scene. avaricious yeah. kind of uh, thing. But <laughs> but the, the, we we see something in we see something very avuncular or very kind of uh, fatherly in Bob. I think in that moment. Yeah. Keep in mind that two scenes beforehand, he'd been lose the arm. Yeah. Right? Like um, and he is like but later partying with prostitutes. Do you see the the, the moment just before that oh, when he shakes, shakes the hand, the hand yeah. and they're, they're kind of taking the hand away, and he 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 kind of like he rubs uh, it. It's like he, it's like when they say you could the have hands. crushed every bone in your hands. Like oh, I like that, and he's sort yeah. of like, he pats it. Like he's he's very proud he, of his project. Yeah, and he he like it might seem 
strange to use the word affection, but I feel like his affection just kind of grows and grows for, <laughs> for, for the it. course of he, it. Because he, he is the Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. He, even, even though he's, he, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't, he, 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 he just says like, go, go, go do this. <laughs> and, and, and they actually do uh, it. Yeah. And they actually do it. He, he's, he's, he's the one he's who's the guy taking the all the credit. Yeah. yeah and yeah. driving the project and the guy whose ego is, is largely pushing it. And I mean, a lot of that is down to Ferrero's performance as well, because Ferrero's great. Yeah. Ferrero. It, 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 not not from the ambassador's residence for for Ferrer. Oh, Ferrer. Apologies, but Ferrer. No, there's there's no there's no vowel at the end. Ferrer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ferrer's performance. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. No, it's 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 uh, and and we it's, it's sadly lost. Um, he the, did. He passed the, away uh, last year. Last year. Um, filmed all the scenes in the Twin Peaks reboot as well. Um, Twin Peaks. The Lynch managed to work with several members of the cast. Yeah. Who were suffering with illnesses as well. The the log lady as well, for example. She was suffering with cancer when she filmed her scenes and stuff like uh-huh. that. So they would have passed away before they appeared. David Bowie had agreed to appear in it uh, before he passed away as well, unfortunately. Um, uh-huh. But the uh, interesting thing about you you were you were saying Ron, 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 Ronnie Cox um, playing Dick Jones. He the interesting thing about about his casting in this is that he played kind sort of. Um, oh, in Deliverance, l- l- uh, lovable kind of uh, characters generally. Yeah, like in in his filmography, this yeah. was a very very much a departure out of for character. him. Well, I mean, like if you think of like Deliverance, which would be the movie that we know him from beforehand, he was the sort of gentle member of the four. He was the one who like wasn't sure about what was happening and yeah. didn't want to inflict suffering. Whereas John Voight and and sort of. Um, Burt Reynolds were like, "This is happening. Let's let's make our peace with it." Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Cox was like the bleeding heart of the bunch almost. Yeah. So it is sort of it is really really weird to see him taking such sadistic pleasure in in what he's doing. And I exactly. like the fact and that he's revealed as the villain. Like it's a, it is. You're right when you say that it seems like Morton is the villain of the piece, and then it turns out that it's actually it's actually Jones. Because when you're watching the movie for the first time, even if you twig that there's a connection between Bo Decker. And OCP, which is, is hinted at quite heavily. You initially suspect that the connection's going to be between Morton and, and Bodecker because Morton needs a body for his project. And right. what, how, how does it's, he get a body? It's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an hilarious kind of corporate speak euphemism where, where, where he's like, we're, 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 we're currently volunteer. identifying um, candidates. candidates and we're, we're through, through a program of moving potential kind of uh, donors in into into in, key positions into high uh, risk on, positions. on a risk uh, basis <laughs> yeah uh, so which is yeah this wonderful bureaucracy speak this yeah sort of, like veiling what like, we're actually so you're talking. sending people so it with the hope that they'll die <laughs> yes that's exactly what we're doing we're refining the paradigm andrew we're pushing out the box we want to make sure that when so some real blue sky thinking yeah you want to get on this elevator on the ground floor because let me tell you it's only going up baby <laughs> But yeah, there, there's a lot of that in there. Poor, poor Kenny. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, in, in, a, in a movie full of great scenes, one of the most kind of I, iconic, definitely, scenes in the movie, the, one of the scenes that people really think about is the introduction of, of, of Ed 209. Yes, well, it's just a great sequence in general, in part because of the practical effects. So let's let's talk about the yes. practical effects of the movie. The, like this is Phil Tippett. This is absolutely beautiful. The whole all the special effects in general are fantastic, and part of why Robocop works so well is how well it blends different styles. So like Ed two hundred nine is stop motion. Yeah, and repeatedly throughout the film, it's done very well because it seems like again 
you're the RoboCop expert. I, I know next to nothing about how it was actually done. But it looks like it was done, like, stop motion in front of a video screen almost. Yeah. So, so you can layer the action. There's there, there there's a mixture uh, of it. So so there, there, there's points where Ed 209 is, is not moving. Yeah. And where, 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 they, where they've used a, 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 a full-size model. Um, and and then there are the the the, the points where he's move, moving where 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 they're using a stop motion. It's a superimposed on video, and it looks astounding. Like I mean, you know, this is the thing. It's heightened. It's not meant to be literal. It's not meant to be convincing. It's not meant to. It doesn't even evoke the uncanny valley. But it works so well because it's so artful. It's just you can tell that a lot of work and a lot of craft went into it. Yeah, like it's it's not meant to be realistic or naturalistic inverted commas, but it works because. It's just impressive. Yeah, you remind like watching... me kind of art of it. Like the 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 other thing about movies of of this um, kind of uh, vintage is that they use matte painting as well. Yeah. Um, which 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 probably these days would all be digitally re- rendered. Yeah, computer generated. Like I mean, yeah. the, but um... because it's easy, I think they the 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 movies can tend to kind of overdo it. Well, that's it exactly. I mean, I would I would argue. I again, I'm not as cynical or as down about modern movies as, as this argument might make it sound. I'm like, RoboCop is great because they don't make movies like this anymore. But I, <laughs> well, I it's do, part of the charm of it, certainly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that you're you know you can do computer generated imagery right. Like for example, Cameron on Avatar is it like it's not a good movie, but it's a fantastic work of art because of the way he does it. But you're right that because CGI makes it cheaper and easier to do it. You Your instinct is to cram as much as physically possible in there. I mean, you would have seen that with, say, George Lucas's work on the prequels, or even, like, his retooling of the original Star Wars trilogy, where, because he could do these things now, he basically crammed as much of it into the yeah, frame as possible. I, you like lose a in, lot through that. And in, in um, the Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens... Or, or, no, sorry, not The Force Awakens... Um, Rogue One last year. Rogue One. There there seemed to be a lot of use of the Peter Cushing and... um, Oh, later Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And and it it felt like they were doing it because because they they could. could. As opposed to recasting the role or shooting it more artfully to conceal a face. To kind of say... Look, look, look at what our technology is yeah. capable of doing now whereas with stuff like robocop there's a sense of working within the limitations like so in order to have the characters interact with ed 209 which the movie does repeatedly and it does it very well took a lot of work and a lot of effort so it's done sparingly and artfully mm. and it's very canny it's very well done like there's a wonderful shot of like robocop after he comes to the ocp movie at the very end having blown up ed 209 or having shot ed 29 with the you know with the military grade technology where the leg of it comes into shot and robocop sort of turns around as if am i going to have to deal with this and then it wades into shot and you see it's missing its upper body completely that, it felt like something out of looney tunes yeah <laughs> um, the, the, it was it was a strange kind of a a a a, a tone in 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 that particular one. The scene, what? Oh yeah, to, to going going back, I guess. Oh, um, to the introduction of Ed Two Hundred Nine. Um, or to, to 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 parts of the movie that would that 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 were that were taken out. One 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 of them that we saw in this version was. When Kinney, who is the volunteer, <laughs> um, is uh, the is, same kind of volunteer as Murphy ends up being, the, it turns yeah, out. the the most squibbed <laughs> um, actor of all time. Really, because um, it, it seems like it. Is that an actual genuine fact? I think um, 
Because um, it is the amount of blood that just tears through him and drips out of him. It's fantastic. It's 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 it's, it's amazing. But the, there is the, no kill like overkill. There 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 is there is that shot, um, where, where he, he falls where, backwards where, on where. where, where like when he's when he's on top of this model of Delta City, New Delta where City. where where the um, squibs are, are 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 shooting kind of upwards, yeah. Where 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 you see kind of like viscera, kind of uh, kind of like exploding out of his chest, like because he's still being shot. Yeah. Um. That was that the, was cut, was it? Yeah, and it's like a second. It's it's the, <laughs> just that shot where 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 he's at, at that point he's lying on the table. And it like the it I, I, I suppose you could argue that it doesn't make sense in terms of he's lying down. Physics, yeah. So how is how is the robot it, still and, shooting him at an angle? Yeah. Um that would make the blood squib in such a fashion. But it, it does have that vi- like literally visceral, visceral and, quality. And the thing about it as well, the the like removing that kind of second of footage detracts from the um humour of the scene. Because this 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 robot is still shooting it's, shooting this person even it's so even, disconnected from yeah. reality. Right? And it, it 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 also takes away from 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 the uh, joke that we, we, uh, the line that Miguel um, that that Bob Morton delivers, which is somebody gotta get a goddamn paramedic. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't like, touch him. Yeah, don't, don't touch him. Yeah, don't, don't move him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You could. You I could, don't think that's going to make any different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, have you followed the health and safety regulations for lifting with your back? Although, although, as as um, uh, Murphy says um, later in the movie, they'll 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 fix you. They they can fix everything. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> I like the idea. We don't that find out if yeah. Kenny has been transformed <laughs> into another Robocop. Um, There's your spin off franchise idea. The, the the hilarious reaction to that because the, this is this is Dick Jones's kind of um pitch Pride project, and it com- yeah. completely uh goes backfires uh, or overfires <laughs> depending on how you describe it. Yeah. And the 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 reaction of the old man is um Dick I am very disappointed. I <laughs> says, uh, "What is it again?" He, he's like, um, "I'm, I'm sure this was just a minor glitch." Yeah, we'll fix it next time. It'll be grand. Um, yeah, no, there, there's the sense of humor in the movie is fantastic because it is a satire, it is a parody, it is absurd and heightened and ridiculous. And I mean, the, one of the more famous aspects of the film are like the blip frits, um, which, you know, Verhoeven would take to, uh, an, you know, I don't want to say logical extreme, but their extreme in Starship Troopers, where he in, he interrupts the narrative repeatedly to give you yes. like, newscasts, and those newscasts then cut to commercials, and those commercials give you a sense of the world in which the characters live, but also not that far removed from the world in which we live, which is kind of interesting, because obviously the, the news story that opens the film... Um, uh, focuses on violence in South Africa, for example, yes. and nuclear deterrent, which when you were watching this in 1987, wasn't that far removed, I think, from the, the context of the time. Yeah, because the, 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 there is a story about um, that the city of uh, Pretoria, Pretoria have, have acquired a neutron bomb from the French and will use it as a last resort. Yeah, which it, like isn't too far removed, given that, you know, we... The discovery that like South Africa did have nuclear weapons as intended for those purposes. 
Really? Yeah, there was there was some. They, I believe they worked with the Israelis on it as well because again, that was not particularly like you know it wasn't something the US or the USSR wanted to encourage. Apparently, the Israelis to use on their own people to use on uh, if in case of result in case of revolt, there were uh, there's some evidence suggests that there were plans in place. Gee. Yeah, I know. This <laughs> is you talk about <laughs> yeah. satire. It's well, yeah, like, it, it, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. All right. And I mean, I suspect that, like, when the movie was released in 1987, that was very much on on yeah. the consciousness and of, of there, the time. There, there's a lot of things that were very relevant to because there's even a. a, a a kind of reference to the Star Wars program where they have the, the Star Wars peace the, station. The peace satellite <laughs> yeah. has, has accidentally like killed like two hundred people, in, including two former, former US presidents. Yeah, well, even the hitch beforehand where the artificial gravity doesn't work. On it. <laughs> um, like, and you're like, yeah, there is something very because I mean, obviously Reagan couldn't get Star Wars working during his time. He really yeah. pitched. He pitched it very hard. It was one of the big ambitions of his presidency, but it never quite. Took off, if you'll pardon the pun, from what <laughs> I recall, right? Yeah, the, and the the um, then they have the the nukem uh, board Video game. game. Yeah, like, before yeah. he nukes you, it's yeah. like you cross one of my red lines. <laughs> hey, you haven't destroyed your MX surplus, Mister. Um, which is great, and there's this, the, and again, that's something that I think Starship Troopers kind of pushed even further out with its own. It had its own blip for its advertisement. You have the heart. The heart stuff, for example, which gets yeah. into like again when later down the line Dick Jones talks about wanting to privatize hospitals, yeah. which again isn't too far from the reality in which we live. Given that I think was a part of the Brexit deal, it's been suggested that in order to do a deal with the US, you know, basically the UK would have to consider privatizing its healthcare service and getting the NHS and brokering that as part of any trade deal. Ah, yeah, that was one of the rumors that was going around um, that any trade deal with the US would involve privatizing the NHS. And opening it up to U.S. companies. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I suppose interesting is probably not the, <laughs> the, the word that should the, be used. Yeah. But yeah, so there, there is a huge element of, of kind of... There's a lot in the movie that was very funny in 1987. And which, you know, very funny and heartbreaking in 1987. But which is still heartbreaking and sort of a little bit funny in 2018 yeah like it still feels like it still has those points it's aged remarkably well in that respect it's aged i would argue better than the robocop reboot has aged in four years yeah this movie is 20 years or 30 years later is has aged better than mm. than the robocop reboot which is remarkable and i think it speaks to verhoven as a director and as like somebody pushing the film you know Absolutely. They, 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 I, I, I guess we, we, we spoke, we, we spoke a little bit about the, 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 the scene where, um, where Murphy is, is, is murdered. I mean, we can, we can talk a little bit about the, the kind of craft of that, and also some, some of the kind of, I guess, uh, parts that were taken, taken out. I would like, I would like to talk, to talk about Kurtwood Smith. Kurt Smith is great. Amazing. And I mean, even, even the little lines like, can you fly, Bobby? I love that. And, and is like his choices, like, um, in, uh, in playing this character, he, um, his choice to wear glasses as, um, and because the idea was that he's, he's this kind of terrorist kind of, uh, mastermind, you know, like he, he's, he's, he's not, He's not this kind of typical um, tough bad guy. Yeah, gang violence guy. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 and there, there's, there's like the, the, 
the interesting little choices he makes, like like when he's uh, when he's killing Bob Morton in the in the uh, oh, to, witches he, leave yeah, scene with, where where he takes his tongue and puts it on yes yeah with the grenade he pulls it out using his tongue and his teeth he pulls out the pin yeah um, and, little things like that and there's the when 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 he's having the meeting with Sal and he just puts his fingers in, in the wine in, glass yeah, and yeah. stuff like that like there's lots of stuff in there I mean one of the things that, that I really like about like or, Bodecker kicking a meal when he's he's like what do you mean slow down he's yeah. like slow down you he, burn, he hits it. him on the shoulder and then kicks him and again it's like something out of a Looney Tunes commercial it's something more like a cartoon character would do than a person because exactly. the logistics of kicking like, somebody while in a moving you burn van. the money buddy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just uh, throwing it like candy yeah. across the money fight. <laughs> yeah, the the and and yeah, can, can you fly, Bobby? Well, I mean, Bodecker. The thing I like about Bodecker is there's, and again, he's you know he's not overly developed. He doesn't necessarily have his own clear arc, but you get a sense of who he is through both Kurtwood Smith's performance choices, like those, yeah. which make him kind of stand out and make him like one of the great eighties movie villains. But even like little touches, like it feels. And this is something the movie does thematically, where it connects the violence that Bodecker is committing, like as a slum lord, as the gang lord of old Detroit, as he's referred to in newscasts, and kind of compares that with what Jones is doing in OCP. Yeah. But there's a sense that Bodecker uh, really, in some senses, is, is striving. Like he wants to be, you know, he, it doesn't. It's not that he wants to be a proper businessman, but that he's trying to emulate Jones. Like he even quotes Jones at one point, where he's like, he does. "Good business is wherever you find it." Exactly. What like, what he what he's talking to this uh, the cocaine, cocaine lord. Yeah, he's he's quoting what what uh, Dick what, Jones said in in his in his, in his, in his pitch, corporate yeah. pitch. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hilarious. I, 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 and like um, all that stuff was really kind of like surprising on set. Like even the the. Um, when he spits blood on on the oh the uh, form when he's taken sheet. to the, yeah when he's taken to yeah he's like I want my phone call yeah yeah there 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 are all of these things that um Kurtwood Smith kind of just brought to it which 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 is amazing that's great I mean, and and like I love um I love Emile's character yes, as well Paul McCrane yeah um, who is great I mean not only gets one of the great deaths in a movie full of great deaths absolutely uh, but he's such a one again this is where you're talking about like economy of character development like this movie is a hundred uh, it's a hundred minutes long it's an hour and forty minutes right most modern blockbusters run to about two fifteen to two and a half right yeah and yet somehow in this movie you not only get all the world building and development of Detroit and the, the sense of the future and obviously Murphy's arc and all the mech, you know, the stuff that's happening in OCP, you even get a sense of characters like Emil. Yeah. Like who, who is this sort of like schlub who likes watching terrible sitcoms on television, but is also an anti-intellectual and who seems really aggravated when people read books around him. But the, the, the hilarious thing as well is, is when, when it, there, um, Mur- Mur- Murphy is kind of infiltrating their 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 headquarters. Their, ha- their headquarters and they're having an argument about it. it's like why are we always uh, taking any of this money all this money we never yeah. get to spend it it's like we take the money to buy coke to make more money you gotta you got you gotta spend money to make money and it's like why can't we just steal it <laughs> no better way to make money than free enterprise yeah. it's one of the great no lines. better way to steal money yeah oh, yeah, yeah but it's, it's and it is, it, it ties into, and again, you you want to talk about the movies like, you know, satirical underbite. Like, it's the fact that even these, like, scumbag criminals and, who rob banks and, like, you know, 
kill people and murder cops are all like capitalists through and through. And the, 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 there's there's the there's a kind of like a, a trinity of the public or the state. And then there's the, the the kind of private business world and the criminal world. And they're all kind of in bed together and um, have, have all been kind of like, it's not just that the public has been taken over by private interests, it's that the private interests are, 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 are also in the criminal world too. Yeah. So they, 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 everything is kind of polluted by the, by yeah. this. I mean, even the even the scene where they're touring the cocaine factory is, is yeah. to, like you open with a shot of the conveyor belt uh, mechanism, which is again one of the great you know pioneering industrial sort of mechanisms. Yeah, and it's like yeah, even the drug trade in Detroit has been like corporatized and has been sort of like it's subject to these. Like you get the sense that Bo Dicker in his spare time reads like the highly the you know the habits of highly effective business people. You know, or self actualization and stuff like that. Yeah, he the, the um because he he's 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 thinking at this point about the opportunities of 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 of, of, of New, New Detroit. Delta City. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, of 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 New Delta City, because with 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 um all of the kind of builders. Uh, uh, two thousand com- construction workers. Yeah. Two thousand construction workers. Think of all the whores they'll need. Yeah, all the uh, <laughs> all the drugs, all the gambling, all the prostitution. Which is Doug Jones. Which sorry, which is not Doug Jones. Sorry, Doug Jones is the actor. Which is Jones's pitch. Yeah. Uh, which is Dick Jones's pitch. Which is and again, that's a wonderful example of you know sort of it's a nice satirical commentary on how these interests sort of overlap and how you get this sort of like environment that is you know full of gambling and, and drug abuse and prostitution as a result of, like, capitalist enterprise and industrialization and all this sort of stuff. And you have this wonderful juxtaposition throughout the film of, like, New Detroit or Delta City and even, like, the shining skyscrapers in mm. which people like Jones and Morton live with, like, the harsh reality of what is, a you know, basically an urban wasteland. Like this, the this great... is Dallas versus Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is, like you mentioned, it wasn't old... actually shot in Detroit. No. Uh, so old Detroit... Large parts of it are well. Sorry, the industrial uh, parts of it um, are in Pittsburgh, I believe. Most of the the the, the kind of city scenes are in Dallas, which um, makes sense because you sort of a contrast. It's literally a tale of two cities. Yeah, but I mean, even the scene where they where Robocop like stops the two guys assaulting the woman, and you have in the background of this like horrible, dusty, dank alleyway populated by a pair of creeps and like with newspaper blowing through it. You have this bright, shiny sort of sign for Delta City, which is like rich purples and bright colors. Yeah. It's the most wonderfully maintained thing in this section of the city is this advertisement for this highly, this OCP's like next corporate venture. And that the, the, the way, the way they introduce and shoot Robocop. So we, we see it, we see it from first person's uh, perspective first. We see we see a little bit of uh, not not a reflection, but we see a video uh, on 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 a monitor. Then then we see um, we hear the sound of him Ro- moving Robocop, and we see through like a kind of a frosted window. Then we see it at the back. Then we see uh, Robocop behind a cage. Yeah. 
So they, they, and they, even, they, even when he sits down in the chair, the camera tracking shot is following Morton, which is a wonderful touch as well. Like, yeah. Verhoeven's choices in terms of direction here are, are fantastic. Like, I mean, the revelation just, of it is, is just so well done. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this as a B-movie made to A-movie standards. That is, that is a prime example of it, is the craft and the care. Even like that scene in the alleyway that I alluded to, it shoots Robocop in silhouette. Like, yeah. like a cowboy or like something from a German expression. It's, I love, I love that, that that, that shot where the the where the shadow falls um, on the wall and the two and guys but the, the the shadow is huge so yeah. it's almost like a giant is kind of has know. arrived in detroit yeah, yeah. you know that um detroit you heard you know the famous story of the robocop statue in detroit right no this is fantastic right so detroit a couple of years ago decided that they wanted to erect a statue to celebrate the culture and the spirit of the city Right. And so the Detroit uh, City Board basically held an online poll to determine oh, uh, who online would... Online rep- polls. When will they learn? Yeah, who will represent it? What famous historical resident of Detroit would be like immortalized in a statue outside City Hall to serve as an inspiration to the inhabitants of the city? Now, when this happened, uh, there were a whole bunch of write-in votes for, you guessed it, Robocop. At which point the city, realising that they've been left in a, what was it, a Boaty McBoatface situation, <laughs> uh, declared that actually the city could not possibly afford to erect the statue at the moment. So while they would keep in mind the public vote for a gigantic Robocop statue in the middle of Detroit, that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. So the industrious residents of Detroit set up a Kickstarter uh, <laughs> in order to pay for the statue and trusting that the city would then erect it where it was meant to be erected, because they're going to put a statue anyway, but just couldn't afford it. And they actually managed to hit their target. Really? Um, it's in progress at the moment. You can see it. They're building a giant bronze statue of Robocop to stand outside Detroit City Hall, which, as you can imagine, Detroit City planners are really not that keen on, given that Robocop does not embody, like, an idealistic depiction of Detroit. Yeah, there's going to be, like, um, there's probably going to be a, a listicle at some point about um 70s and 80s um movie statues as popular well you know that yeah the famous the Rocky, Sylvester Stallone yeah. yeah the one that, that he gifted i i've i've i i had uh, my photo taken next to it nice I, 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 um I, I, the, the in in i was in philadelphia and um i was like I, I was being really annoying about it. The person I was with, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to run up the steps. Would you would you, you take take like a little video for the crack? Because I thought this would be hilarious. And then and then after this, which is, by the way, a lot of stairs <laughs> at the end, I, I, was, I was like, oh, let's see. And then I was like, have have you seen Rocky? And it's like, why? <laughs> like, um, the sense of dread. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah. It was... Well, you know that apparently there's, like, the, the Philadelphia Natural History Museum are not best pleased with... No, all the, the people that, running up. Running up and down the stairs without coming into the museum itself. Yeah. Uh, which I can imagine... Which I was guilty of. Um, but you saw the statue. The statue's on the grounds yes. of the museum, right? Yeah, so did yeah. you go it's, into the it's, museum? The statue is before it's um, at the... Oh yeah, what they should do is put the statue in the museum. Yeah, because that way you'd actually go in. That way you'd actually go in. Right now it's at the base of the stairs. 
Ah, interesting. But yeah, so the, the idea is that there will be a RoboCop statue possibly in Detroit sometime soon, which is remarkable. Mm. And it's kind of interesting how the residents of Detroit seem to have reclaimed RoboCop. I'd like to see a Terminator statue in California. In Los Angeles. Yeah, if California ever wanted to commemorate its its former governor, <laughs> they would put up a statue of... Of, of the remorseless killing machine. <laughs> yeah. not, not the lead character from Jingle All the Way or... Or, you know, Commando, or one of the movies where he's the hero. Junior. Of the yeah, Junior. I like the idea. There should be a Junior statue. Let us all remember Junior. <laughs> like a long blonde hair in a dress with a bump. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, that that is interesting, though. Because, I mean, Detroit has reclaimed Robocop, which is fascinating. Because it's, mm. it's not a movie that's particularly complementary to the city of Detroit in many respects. And that it, it portrays it as basically an apocalyptic wasteland. Mm. And I mean, in fact, one of, the, one of the more striking aspects of the reboot or, or, you know, the modern remake is that its version of Detroit in 2014 actually seems a lot safer than the version of Detroit as presented in Robocop in 1987. Well, it's a lot less of a hellscape, perhaps because it's a lot less stylized. And obviously because the violence is, is a lot less extreme as well. Yeah, there, there's something very satisfying about a <clears throat> movie like this where um, a kind of an old-fashioned form of, 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 of justice or like getting, getting, getting stuff done. Because yeah. there, the, we're introduced to, um, to, to Robocop. There's a kind of a short montage of Robocop um, solving crime. Yeah, which which I think is three scenes. There's the, the first room. in the um mom and pop store basically. Exactly. Where the um it's it's been pointed out that it's a terrible place to keep your safe. A, a safe. Yeah. It's just impractical. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to remove and restock the beer cans every yeah. time you want to open it. Yeah. And, and someone it, will just pick up a beer can and then realize, "Oh, there's a safe under here." <laughs> um and is the safe fixed in place as well? Because it seems like having the safe out in the middle of the shop floor would be a terrible idea as well. Whoever designed this whole layout really, really should think about things. Exactly, and 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 then there there's the there's the expletive filled um, walk that 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 the man takes when he, when he's shooting Robocop. It it is it, just like over and over. He's like. Well, I'm, 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 I'm not going to say the word because I don't like the way bleeps sound. <laughs> yeah, but um, there, there's, there's, there's also that he's like, I'll give you a count of three to to open that safe. One, two, and, and Robocop then, uh, just door bursts just, the doors open. And it's an amazing sort of um, an entrance. What's a hero has arrived, and it's yeah. shot in. It's shot from a low angle as well to make him seem particularly impressive. I like the idea that when Wharton was like supervising his programming, it's like, well, he's got to have like ten percent more attitude. It's like <laughs> we can't have him entering rooms practically. That would be just a waste of time. And the funny thing is that he 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 like his his principles are well. His three objectives: protect protect the innocent, uphold the law, um, serve the public trust. He seems to he seems to have this kind of. Foil and injure slash kill. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, like the, the, but the indifference to public destruction caused yeah. in pursuit of these three objectives. So he, he, like, he, he walks towards the guy, bends the, 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 the machine gun. Yeah, I which guess. is a great scene. He, he literally bends the barrel so it faces yeah. 90 degrees downwards. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then, then. F- <laughs> flings him uh, through, 
through through a fridge. Yeah, the guy is already. And then leaves, the... by the way. Yeah, it's like it's it it is it, like um, thank you for your cooperation. Not thank you for your cooperation. Someone will be along to, <laughs> to I guess, do the paperwork and 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 bring this perp in. Yeah, um, actually arrest him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And, and read him his rights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And but the 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 very satisfying thing about Robocop is that he doesn't operate in 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 that way. Um, he, he he. Well, he's very he, blunt. He's a he's a force of nature in some respects. Yeah, and it's 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 a it's a kind of a um, it's this business has come in <laughs> and taken um, and created a machine to solve a problem without thinking like necessarily. Like a police officer. Yeah, well, because a police officer obviously is part of a community. In, in, yeah. like, in theory, a police officer, again, upholding the public trust isn't like a directive you can program into a computer. It's something that's like represented by being a human being in the community. Yeah. Like there's the, the great moment, you know, after in the next of those three of that sort of triptych where the woman is assaulted by the two guys. Yeah. And she hugs him. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And he's like, you have been through a huge trauma. I will contact a rape crisis center. <laughs> Which is an hilarious de- de- delivery, and her her reaction to him, her, she she's so grateful, and then her expression changes, kind of yeah. as as as, as if, if to realize that there's nothing oh, human. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing. Kind of, the, the, this I'm, is a I'm speaking to a recording. Yeah, it's it's like when yeah. you dial up and you get like a, a service that is you know. It's oh, thank God, service. I got you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like after the, the tone. tone. <laughs> please say what you please describe in words the, yeah. the service you would most like to access. But yeah, that's sort of attitude as well. And then the third. And, and there, there, there is something very satisfying as well about. Seeing seeing a rapist get shot in the dick. Yeah, and through the dress as well. Like yeah, just, and again, the, this which, is, which 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 is the, yeah, it's a very kind of like a clever sort yeah. of a. Um, well, it's, it's it's one of those. It feels very much like a Verhoeven sort of like it, it's it's a little bit provocative, a little bit cheap. Yeah. Like there's no way that it makes sense in a logical and rational way, but it's a very clever image. It's a very nice payoff for the fact he's a robot with great aim. Yeah. And 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 in the in in the next scene, then there's 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 it, the what, hostages at City Hall, which which is an hilarious scene. But the but the great setup in that scene is the news crew are interviewing the the, the SWAT, SWAT team, team captain, who we see later in the movie. Yeah, who take, firing at Robocop uh, in yeah. the car park at OCP. But he the the news crew um asks him like well um. What, um, so what are we doing in this situation? And he says, uh, we, we wait. Uh, terrorism is a very tricky business. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and then... Robocop. Robocop just comes in and says, keep him talking. And then just... Walks into the building. Yeah. Well, I mean, just this gets is, it done, lad. Well, this is one of the things, I mean... Um, and repeatedly throughout... It's funny that you sort of mentioned Verhoeven reading the script initially and dismissing it as like pure pulp or as a B-movie or that sort of thing. Because there's a very heavy comic book influence on the film. And you can see that as well. Like in the mom and pop store where the guy shows up, the magazine rack doesn't have nudie mags in it. It has comics from, it's Marvel comics from like 1987 in there. Ah. And I mean, there's a sequence in that bit, that third one where he attacks the guy, where he grabs the hostage taker through the wall, which is taken quite literally from a Frank Miller comic, which was published in 1906, The Dark Knight Returns, Ah. which is one of the most influential comic books ever, ever written. And I, 
would suspect that the inclusion of it is an intentional homage. It's where there's a, there's a hostage taker who's threatened to kill a bunch of people. There's police negotiating. Batman just shows up and is like, hey, I'm going to deal with this. And does so by punching through the wall and pulling the bad guy through it, which is exactly how Robocop deals with the situation here. Like, there's an argument to be made that Robocop is like the first great comic book movie, despite not being based on a comic book character. Mm. And I mean, it's interesting. It definitely you know, has that kind of feeling. Yeah. I mean, even Maniac, the, uh, you know, one of the henchmen of Bodecker feels like he's auditioning to be in like the Joker's gang in Batman 89 with his little beret and his really annoying laugh. <laughs> um, and the, 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 um, he, he, like he he has a whole kind of um you 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 were talking about the amount it establishes about different characters he has his moments in the movie as well yeah and like he's he, just he, a minor he's, character he is dispatched a, 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 a little bit with 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 a, a little less kind of importance most em, em, of the other or um or, or indeed Ray Wise's character. Um, Ray, well, I mean, Ray, I, lo- I love Ray Wise's character's death. Well, Ray Wise's character in general is fantastic because he's just such a sleazeball. And yeah. he has, like, there's a moment where Paul McCrane, Emile, sort of, when he's been covered in toxic waste and is stumbling through. And in one of the great practical effects in cinema where he grabs Ray Wise and Ray Wise sort of and goes, no! Um, which, I, which I like to imagine is what got him the role. Like, yeah. Which got him the role in Twin Peaks where he did that for, like, five episodes in a row. But it... There's the bit where he drops the all the like heavy iron bars on top of Robocop and he leans out of the crane and just says, I got him, boss! And I don't think he even gets to finish the word boss before he gets blown up with military-grade ordnance shot by Lewis. And then, then you see Boddicker with his, just a grin, like, <laughs> dropping <laughs> from his face. Like, because he was, like, he was smiling. He was like, oh, that's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, he's, guess... he's like for for a man who 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 reeks so much kind of violence. Uh, he's like uh, shocked, kind I, of. I kind of liked, I, yeah. I, I think, liked Ray Wise. I think again. as well, you get a sense that that those two villains in particular, I think, are um, close. Yes, because we we see we see. Um, at one point, they're they're kind of both doing what I guess is benzedrine together. And they're, they're kind of like off to, to, to the side Away kind from of the rest like of the talk, talking. Well, I mean, even in the sequence where after all the car- after Emil gets released from prison and after Bo- uh, Bodecker gets released from prison and he shows up at the military grade ordinance and where Emil and Maniac are running around like shooting the guns down the street, literally shooting everything oh, in sight. By the way, when, 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 when they were doing that, and this happened, se- this happened several times in the movie, where the uh, s- stunt team, the explosives team, used used too much um, explosives or cre- cre- created explosions or fires that were too intense. Uh, yeah, the 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 explosion of the of the garage was not supposed to be that big, and <laughs> and ended up causing um, wow. a, 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 a lot of damage. The um, the um, when you see the shop fronts. Yeah, uh, being Getting blown up, being blown up. You see the kind of uh, re- reactions. Um, Those are genuine. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there was a certain like there, there was. Um, there was people. I think there were people who like like some of those actors like where 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 the explosion was so close that they had like kind of like almost got like singed or where where there was like 
bits of glass would be like wow. uh, well you know like that that's a you know that's a serious concern i mean william shatner and leonard nemo i think both had tinnitus from an explosion on star trek that was too large that was yeah. larger than it should have been and there's other examples as well like when sylvester mccoy was doing and again it tends to happen on b-movie or low-budget productions i suspect because of the pressure the crews are operating under but like uh in when doctor who was being made with no real budget in the late 80s sylvester mccoy burnt the back of his neck walking away from an explosion in a scene that actually made it into the final cut of the episode because the explosion was so large they couldn't reshoot it. Well, it's and it's generally a thing as well with actors who do those sorts of stunts and especially with stuntmen, it's very important generally for, for, for them to... They generally really want that take to be used. Yeah. If it so can at all. in the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, That's a point but, of pride. It's a, yeah, yeah. But, but, because like that, that was... Like they did the stunt and that caused like like that injury like it's 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 worded if it gets in the movie yeah it, it's worth nothing if nobody sees it sort of thing yeah. it's like well you know it may as well not have happened except so you've suffered for it but i mean the, it, like the new ta- um the new mission impossible movie i think was d- d- yes, d- d- sh- delayed because of a um where tom cruise breaks his ankle and you can see the shot in the trailer you don't yeah. even have to wait for the film you can see him landing and he think he on the was it on the graham norton show he went through it frame by frame he's like yeah that's that's where i broke my ankle yeah uh, which is, is, I suppose, you know, that's Tom Cruise doing his thing. And I mean... It's amazing because he's... He, like, the, it, I, all, all the Graham Norton stuff is on YouTube. And I, 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 uh, um, um, him talking to and showing the footage from the new Mission Impossible movie is incredible. Because, as well, of the fact that uh, Tom Cruise keeps running after. Really? Yeah. Like oh, okay, I haven't, yeah, I haven't he, seen the footage. Like he, so, he breaks his ankle and he keeps moving. And, yeah, but, but he he finishes the the the, the, set the tapes. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's impressive. Which is, yeah, because uh, he and he real he realizes um bef- before he continues with the rest of the take that he's just broken his 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 his, his ankle. ankle. But he won't break character. That's an astounding commitment. I mean, you know, and whatever about Cruz, whatever about you know his his, his religion or his, his attitudes and his public statements, that's an incredible amount of commitment to the work that he does. Like, Absolutely. Cruz is a phenomenal performer and phenomenally committed to what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, he does obviously all his own stunts and stuff, like the dangling and the plane on uh, Mission Impossible. I think I, th- I think it comes from how much he loves it. Yeah. Yeah, because he, 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 he really, really loves movies. Yeah. Tom but, Cruise. And, 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 and like is really passionate about making them. Which is, is exciting to see. And I mean, back to, back to what I was talking about the scene with the, where the, you know, where Emile and Maniac are running down with, like, playing first-person shooter on a crowded street that's in the middle of a riot, but which where, where all of a sudden they show up with military-grade ordinance, ordinance. Like, Bo Decker tells them to go, and it's Ray Wise's character, who then basically acts like the adult and bangs on the hood of the car and tells the kids to get in. Yeah. So I think you're, you're right when you say there's an interesting dynamic at play between them. Yeah, like, and I think that and I, I I think he's hurt. Yeah, where um in that moment when because yeah, and keep in mind he just ran not over but through a meal and like, I don't think he was away. really too that phase. no and the, the 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 funny thing about that was that it wasn't going to be in the movie I really? mean cool. for 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 Hoven did it but the the studio or like they because they, the... they 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 took out a number of things but they did test screenings for it and and they found that people. People liked the like that. A, a lot of people that was their favorite part of the movie. And I, I, I think when I think about Robocop, yes, I often think think about the um Emil um getting covered getting in toxic covered waste. in toxic waste, melting, melting, like and his... then and then getting like 
it's it's amazing because he, he bursts like a water balloon. Yeah, and he gets hit by when, the car. He's just yeah. splattered. I mean, like let's let's talk a you little. You see bit. his head, I think, hit the bottom. Yeah, sort of bounce off it. I mean, let, let's talk about the practical effects because, and there'll be a nice sort of segue to talk about. I think there was one shot in particular that we both loved. Yeah. But even just with Emil, like in that sequence where he's covered in toxic waste and he's basically stumbling out, like there's lots of little touches like his fingers bending and melting. Yeah. And the fact that the bone of his thumb protrudes out from like a bendy broken thumb, which is and just the level of attention and to detail in that it's design. Incredible. It's, it's astounding. And I'm really, I am... Like, I am quite sad that we don't get that anymore, that we don't really see that sort of level of, like, you know, I know this wasn't Stan Winston, but Stan Winston-esque practical effects anymore. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there's one shot in particular, and you pointed... Well, we both pointed out, because I turned to you and you turned to me, and you were like, you know that's And I'm like, that's... that's uh, Yeah, and that's a mole shot. It's like, yeah, that's just brilliant. Which is the final shot of Murphy getting executed by Bodick. And that's Rob Batten head. as well. Yeah. It's just astounding because it's the camera is positioned in such a way. Now you got to keep in mind that this is a this is a you know animatronic model. It's yeah. never it's going to be in the uncanny valley if you keep it in focus too long. But the camera is positioned in such a way from a low angle and it pans around his face, so you get to see and enough you get to of his see face. Him kind of gurning. Yeah, yeah, you get to see enough of his face that you register it looks like Peter Weller, but you don't see so much of it that you're like, well, actually, it's it's a model. And then it moves around the back of his skull in time for Bodicker to pull the trigger on the gun and basically pull the flap out the back of the head of the, the computer, the animatronic sort of. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it's an astoundingly brilliant union of just like technical craft of, of the director understanding how to frame a shot, how to show precisely enough that the audience can believe that it, it is actually um, Peter Weller until the back of his head explodes. Yeah. Uh, because you see just enough that it looks like it could be him. Uh, because it's not like, say, Terminator, where Terminator has a shot where Schwarzenegger or where the Terminator removes bullets from his eye. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. all done via animatronic. But the animatronic is kept in shot, so it's quite clear that it's not really Schwarzenegger. Well, yeah, which is grand, because the model work is fantastic. But... The way that that shot is executed, that shot is executed, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, see what I did there, in Robocop is just staggering in the confidence of it. Yeah. And there's other Rob Button stuff in that scene. There's the... There's the arm prosthesis where yeah. where 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 he um he's uh, missing his hand and at, at the same time Bodiger is like well give the man a hand and um, I appreciated that as a yeah. man who likes terrible puns I was yeah. like Bodiger may be a monster but he's on point oh yeah and he he's 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 so dark and menacing and 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 the the it's it's a really horrible scene but it's also he's he's also very funny yeah. Well, He's I mean, like, like, you probably don't think I'm a very nice guy. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> cops don't like me, so I, I don't, don't like cops. cops. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. And again, the, the, Kurtwood Smith is just just really great. I, fe- I feel like there's a video on YouTube where it's just him going like, na 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 Na, na, na. <laughs> where it goes on like mo- like for It'd be a eight very minutes, soothing, relaxing sort of meditative sound. Your meditative sound is is Bodecker playing with Murphy. Yeah, because it is. It's it's a remarkably it's really tense and uncomfortable. And because I remember, and particularly if you don't know quite what's coming, because obviously 
I've I've seen this several times, and I yeah. I one of the joys of watching RoboCop. I mentioned the start is watching RoboCop with people who have not seen RoboCop before. Yeah, because I feel like I should have said before the spoiler zone. This is not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too late because you've yeah. all watched it now. <laughs> Everyone's but, seen it. But one of the joys of like watching it is that people know that Murphy has to like die or be horribly injured in order to become RoboCop. Yeah. But nobody watching the movie quite expects the scene to go as far as it does. Yeah. And I mean, I think and even when I was like 12 or 14 or whatever, it, it pushed quite a bit. I've, yeah, I felt like it was a bit much for me at, 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 at that time. The, 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 the shots of his... His hand his, uh, uh, and But I think the shot after that where you see him looking at the kind of... Uh, what used his, to be his hand. What used, what used to be his hand. I believe that uh, shot was removed. Really? Yeah. And and there's a the, the whole lot of stuff where... And again, like, credit to, to Weller for selling this. Like, Weller is phenomenal throughout the movie. But even the bit where he's, like, dealing with the... Where his hand's been shut off and he's sort of staggering. It's very hard to watch. And it's not just because of the gore or the violence. It's, like, he, he really sells the... He does. He He's incredible terror. in this. And there's a lot of the movie where he's only... Um, acting with a sm- such a small part of his face. Yeah. The the the, the, the Michael Keaton school. Of yeah, chin where acting. there there's there's the moment where his 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 partner played is is it Nancy Allen? Yes. Um, who is yeah, Lewis? Lewis says to him, Murphy, it's you, and he kind of like backs like away a couple of steps and you see that is is kind of like just the way he turns his head or the way his 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 lips almost kind of a a express things the scene where he's going through his His house yeah his own house uh was it uh primrose lane yeah which, and, and, by, the, by the way, to be honest, really terrible real estate agents where they, they went to the hassle of installing those video monitors that walk you through the house, but, but couldn't, be bothered, the yeah, oh. couldn't be bothered cleaning like the burnt remnants if of the, the family yeah, that used to live here. I wonder I wonder if it's the case that like uh, vagrants... Um, oh, have since been moved in and tried yeah, to... Get, that are, probably makes sense. That yeah, makes a bit more sense. Probably kind of like tried to make a fire. Yeah, as opposed point. to Murphy's family burning every remnant <laughs> that they had of him. Well, there, there is a suggestion later. It's like um, Murphy asked about his he it was like I had a wife and a child and Lewis says oh they they moved on which yeah, sounds the, like well no she married again I believe she remarried that's it it, it seemed it, I'm I'm wondering how much time has always <laughs> passed between Murphy dying and being reborn like how long did the the Robocop process take yeah because I mean because I felt like it was like um Four, five, six months or something like that. Well, I mean, because that was the deadline for Delta City as well, yeah. wasn't it? Because they wanted to break need, ground yeah. in a couple of months. They needed to do something about the crime problem. So they would need, they would, they would probably have needed to have it done within like a uh, month or two. A month or, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you know, when you're, got, when, you know, when your husband gets his arm shut off, his face shut off, you you learn to move on pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the moment he probably got assigned to old Detroit was the moment at which he kind of made peace with it, really. Yeah, the the it, it, it's a it's a strange it's a strange kind of a a, a thing because it's like, hey, yeah, I know you're worried. I'm I'm moving I'm moving to the to the to to the West District. Um, uh, but you know what? It's not it's not actually as bad as people say it is. <laughs> first day, <laughs> <laughs> literally first shift. Yeah. It's like- 
Yeah. I feel I feel like it was his first day. I yeah. don't I don't know. Um, well, no, he was because he was driving, wasn't he? With Murphy, he, with, sorry, with Lewis. He was like, I I like to drive. I like to break in my new partners. So he he was. Um. Hmm. And they responded to the robbery. The the robbery with she she ended up uh, driving at at at, at that some point, point because yeah, he was she, firing the gun on the side of the car. Yeah, he's. Th- I th- I feel like it was one day. Where 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 they went out and then and then it cut back to the the, the um say the the um to OCP okay. and then and then and then when it returned it was like I guess they had come back for like um uh, to have a coffee yeah <laughs> it's like at least his morning was good you yeah know, how how was your morning well we filled out some paperwork we arrested some vagrants for some loitering it was you know really it's not as bad as everybody says it is they're doing different shifts as well which is it's strange that they're that, <laughs> that they're partners because presumably if 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 they had just kind of continued um at some point, um, Lewis would be like, okay, I, I've got to go. And then something else joins um, uh, Murphy. Because when, 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 when Murphy arrives, Lewis has already arrested somebody. Yes, actually, that makes sense. Yeah, she's, she's already, yeah, she's, she's basically... So it's like, is she not finished her shift at this yeah. point if he's starting his? Yeah. So maybe it's a half day. Maybe it's like an ease in. It's maybe it's like when you arrive at work on your first day and you arrive at noon. I feel like old Detroit. You know they've got a very strong police union there. Yeah. Um, as we discover there, the uh, the issue of police striking um, occurs throughout. Yes. Which is another one of the the criticisms of sort of of its uh, or its its embrace of the union structure. And I mean its portrayal of police forces, which is remarkable for a film that is in many ways so anti-militaristic and so anti-capitalist. Uh, yeah. That it's very strongly in favor of the, the police force. Like the police force come across very, very well in it. You have Reed saying, look, we don't go on strike because we are the last line of defense for this city. And tr- throughout the trilogy, I think there there's this kind of continuous idea of the police being pushed to kind of a uh, breaking point and needing to kind of take industrial action. Yeah. Oh, does it happen in the... See, I probably watched the other Robocop movies, but I may have blanked them from my memory. Yeah. Which may have been a, based on everything I've heard since A Good Call. I remember Tom Noonan being in one of them and an evil kid. Something about an evil Kane. kid. Kane, yeah. 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 Um, and but... the evil kid is in Star Trek as well. You. Oh, okay. Which one? He is the one who's orphaned. Oh, the one Data adopts, is it? Um, possibly. Okay. But anyway, yes, so I, I I, don't remember much of the sequels. You have, have you watched the sequels recently? What is your assessment of them? So we recommended people watch this Robocop movie. Would you recommend people go out and watch the sequels? I think three is terrible. It's kind of, um, it's a sort of a kid's movie and feels like a bit of a a money grab there are good things in it um, this is the one with the kid villain who rewires Robocop. no no no. no that's the second one that's the second one okay so the the um i kind of liked the second one a, a little bit more than the, the third second one's one. the one that was written by frank miller famously right yeah and, was, inverted it was, and it was directed by Irvin kershner and i think they both disowned it right uh possibly it's quite dark and it, it, it i i think i think i think all three but certainly in the first two um, uh, are similar in the sense that they have those little satirical vignettes. So I, 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 I think in this in 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 the second one they have this kind of like advertisement for 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 example for like a a sunblock 
It's like ever since the ozone layer. <laughs> and now that we don't have an ozone layer, it's uh, like nice. but, uh, um, I can I can still I can still go outside in 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 uh, California thanks to um, this like uh, SPF five thousand stuff. <laughs> and she basically looks like like uh, green or, or 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 blue because of the amount the of amount the stuff that she's yeah. had to protect her skin. And there there's there, there's there's this kind of like ad for a um a a, a device. Um, if 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 somebody is burglaring your car, where like electrocute them or set them on fire. And... Well, you know that that's probably inspired by again South Africa. South Africa has like ridiculously lax laws when it comes to carjacking mm. and in particular protection of your cars, where people will like rig their cars with acid and with nail bombs basically to pr- to stop themselves being carjacked and hijacked. Yeah, and all of that is perfectly legal. Yeah, well, it, it's a serious problem in South Africa. Oh, it Africa. is, definitely. They, it, as, a, as in, like, a carjacking is, so I can understand. Incredibly, incredibly frequently. So you would maybe recommend two more than most, but not three. You'd say stay away from three. Yeah, like, like I, 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 yeah, I do, I, I, I do, like, I do find two an enjoyable movie. There, there's also a segment in two where he is uh, focus grouped. So <laughs> where OCP OCP decide that like uh, having having three directives is uh, isn't really representative of of all of our um core mission statement and maybe he sh- he sh- he um he 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 never seems to kind of um uh this so so they introduce like hundreds of um. Oh, possible of, contenders of of, of 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 directives like to to um like you know like care for the elderly and protect the environment and <laughs> and and, and it become becomes this kind of like um, mess of contradictions. Yeah, yeah. Where where he he one point he's like, what a lovely day, and at one point he shoots somebody's cigarette out of, <laughs> out of their mouth because because uh, smoking is dangerous <laughs> and um. There is um, speaking of smoking. It's oh the it's, classic two fifty staple. Exactly. There's inappropriate smoking, smoking with a meal um, at, at, at the, the gas, gas station. station. Yeah. What and uh, like pouring gas everywhere and smoking a cigarette. The the, the um, there. It's also a, a Paul Verhoeven staple because he actually felt ashamed about the way he sexualized smoking in. Uh, Fatal Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. Interesting. Where he, um, Basic Instinct I, I, was after I, I, this, right? Um, yes, I believe he. I may be wrong, but I I think Verhoeven may have, um, uh, either a. I believe he may have suffered from 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 lung cancer. Wow. Okay. I, I, I was going to say there was some experience that he had with lung cancer. Anyway, that, that changed that, his perspective. Yeah, where he felt he felt ashamed to have perpetuated that culture because it's kind of strange when you think about Verhoeven of the films that he's made, the violence in them, the aggression in them, the content in them. That smoking would be would be a red line for him. Yeah. Well, I I I think he became a different filmmaker at a certain afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That. that, that I, I get the impression that um, I haven't like I haven't seen his recent movies, but I, I think he's gone away from the well, from the, the heightened science fiction yeah. sort of the bold stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, violence. 
Elle is, Elle is provocative. Like, Elle is very provocative, but it exists in a very different framework from, say, this or Total Recall or Starship Troopers. Yeah. Or even, even Strict... Not even Striptease, sorry. Even, even um, Showgirls. Right. Because now I'm confusing my dueling stripper movies. <laughs> I love that there, there were dueling stripper movies. Like, there were dueling asteroid movies. Like, yeah. the, you know, um, that, the 90s were a very strange time for filmmaking. Yeah, the, the, the idea as, as well of, of, like, Ed 209 is also this infant, but even more so. Because when, well, yeah, when, when you see over. it going, like, kind of trying to figure out the stairs. Yeah. It's not just that it it, it, it falls over. It's like it, it's Tenderly like a baby puts down essentially. One foot, yeah. yeah. Or, and then or, when it falls like it lands a, on its back and it screams. Yeah. And it, it's all these kind of like it, uh, animal sounds that it's given as well. Like it sounds like a pig. Yeah. When it, it, it's kind when of it's, 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 when it can't it's get squealing. Up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean there, there is something to be said for the way in which both Robocop and Ed 209 are treated as babies because they are new life they're basically they are humanity's children they're the next generation of you know things that we've built and they're sort of like the next generation of you know of life basically and it is kind of interesting thing in this era where you have people like Elon Musk afraid of like artificial intelligence and stuff like that where you do have this question of like what if if we are creating something beyond ourselves what will it be like will it be like Ed 209, where it's it's something monstrous, completely inhuman, or will it be something more like, you know, like, well, Robocop ends up being by I accident more than design. I feel, I, f I feel like the, the internet will, will make, um, most artificial intelligences, um... Insane. Her, her, yeah, horrific creatures. Well, I mean, they, Tay they, like, is the great example. Tay, the, the chatbot that was hooked up to the internet... Uh, and became racist in three hours. But go in like a YouTube uh, uh, comment section. Yeah, and try and digest that. Yeah. I mean, there was something I was watching recently. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, there was a robot in, t oh, it was, it was Age of Ultron. So I was discussing Age of Ultron with somebody and they were like, you know, the movie never makes it clear why the, the robot in the film wants to wipe out mankind. And I'm like, I don't feel like I needed that made clear. I feel like the moment that it connected to a network and discovered the internet would be the moment that it would determine mankind is not fit to continue to live. Yeah. I feel like the moment that Skynet gets networked and goes online and discovers, you know, cat videos, not to mention the horrible, horrible things that happen in comment sections and the arguments that take place on Twitter to determine that mankind is no longer worthy of existence. Yeah, that like it's just going to it's going to eliminate the humans and just leave kittens and doggos, <laughs> little puppers. <laughs> the kitten gifts. Yeah. The the rest of reality is sky. The rest of human. The rest of history is Skynet rotating through five kitten gifts repeatedly to itself. Yeah. Chuckling in the darkness. And it, was there anything else that stood out to you? No, I think I think we actually covered a lot of it. I mean, I I just I love it. I think it's it's a fantastic film. It's. That film that manages... It's a film that manages to transcend... Like, it is both an incredibly pulpy, trashy, visceral piece of work and an incredibly intelligent, uh, biting social satire. Yeah. It's a film that manages to, to work... And it's a cliche to say it works on so many different levels. But it works on so many so different true. tones. It, it does. It works. Like, it, it can pitch itself at any level. You can sit down and you can watch Robocop 
wanting to watch a cheesy 80s action movie and you won't be disappointed. You can watch Robocop expecting to watch one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. And it's astounding to have that level of variance within a film, within a film yeah. like this. The, f- the, f- the fact that um, that Weller, who's, 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 I guess, quite a serious actor and take, takes takes oh um, his craft very seriously. yeah he, he even um went so far as to uh do <laughs> robocop in a uh, character really yeah he he asked people to call him robocop and they, they were like okay robocop <laughs> um, and, uh, and i think i think may have uh, given up on it because people like that <laughs> was so ridiculous Oh, uh, I like that. You're making me imagine now Robert De Niro, like Robert De Niro in the 70s or 80s doing Robocop, where he's like... Robert De Niro cop. Yeah, where he's like, where he's like I want to actually get shot several times and turn into a cyborg. Uh, and they're like, uh, Robert, I don't think that's physically possible. <laughs> it's like, but how will I know? How will I experience? It's like, no, you just... Uh, yeah, go on. Maybe, maybe show me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, see how it works. But there's, I mean, even, even the sequences where like Robocop or Murphy is recovering in the industrial wasteland and it's Peter Weller in this suit. Yeah. That's that those... is incredible yeah. because that that that's that's makeup. Yeah, makeup and costuming. It's amazing yeah. cuz you would do that today with CGI and I mean in the the reboot in 2014 they have it with Joel Kinnerman where they have his face and they have and it it, it is horrific and disturbing when you see what he's like, which is he's a face with a, you know, a diaphragm, sorry, with a, you know, with a sort of a wind tube, a trachea that goes down into a set of lungs. And that's all that's left of him as a, as a living, breathing creature and is unsettling. But there's something more effective about watching Weller, like buried in what is effectively a prosthetic, but that crosses the uncanny valley in its design because it, it looks like it doesn't fit, even though you know that practically it has to be constructed to a scale that's larger than him. But it looks like his face hangs over the edge yeah. of the prosthetic, which is a remarkable bit of makeup and design. It looks like his forehead is stretched back over something when you know that obviously something has to be buried under it. Yeah. It's, it's just it's really well done. And it, it is it reminds me of, say, Ex Machina, which has a similar sort of robotic creature where you have a like a recognizable human face imposed on like a cybernetic organism. But like in some in some ways it is as effective as all that CGI because it's it's done through trickery and through like the manipulation of the human eye. It's it's just it's remarkable. And even in those small scenes where it's not particularly showy and it's not particularly flashy, it's just taken for granted that like this is what we're doing this is the movie that we're making this is the character who is at the center of the movie we're making it's remarkable and another thing i really appreciate about this movie is the way it it ends without any kind of um uh like epilogue or sorry yes. say, yeah where 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 he says nice uh nice shooting son what's your name he turns around and says murphy and uh, that's it and, and it's the, just like the, robocop the time yeah because you, you don't I, get... I, like there, there's there's not this whole kind of like uh thing afterwards where there's, there's news footage of ocp being broken up or raids conducted at ocp headquarters or a montage of robocop you know because solving crimes around and being accepted by the community or robocop visiting and reconnecting with his wife and his kid no no it's it's literally just like yeah. this is where our story ends 
and we're not going to drag it out for 15 minutes because we we talked about this in the podcast before where there's a tendency and again this is with modern movies we talked about the blockbuster bloat where it feels like every blockbuster has to be two hours and 15 two hours and a half where you get like 10 five to ten minutes after the story's ended of like montages and, and epilogues and just scenes that exist to provide closure that isn't necessary mm. that you can either imply or read into it you know the yeah because it, it's it's kind of like the it, it almost like the most interesting point to 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 kind of uh, end the movie yeah and it, like it seems like there's a kind of like an impact with that there, they they actually did shoot a final uh newscast so to bookend the movie because the movie starts with with, with, with the coverage of pretoria with, for with, example, with, yeah. with the coverage of pretoria there, it, it was going to um i've seen the deleted scene where um they part part of it is that they're um that they're saying um lewis um is in hospital and and here she is now um and they're like talking to her on on the hospital bed and it's not good um no it's not so i mean like so yeah. it is it is i mean there's a screenwriting argument that you should begin a story as late as possible and i mean you could argue that the inverse is also true that you should end a story as soon as possible yeah like and i mean you're right that and like let's not gloss over that is a great ending Robocop affirming his identity as Murphy, reclaiming the humanity that was taken for him, taken yeah. from him by OCP, is where his story ends. It's a really nice organic character arc for him, and him asserting that his name is Murphy and that is who he is fundamentally. That's that's an ending. It's not as if like the film is truncated or it ends suddenly or abruptly, or everyone's all like, "What the hell was that?" It's like no, that is a that is a satisfying note on which to stick a pin Absolutely. in this movie and say, look, maybe we'll be back for a sequel, maybe we won't, but this is the end of this story. Yeah, they, 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 I, I, I suppose one of the very few things I didn't like about this movie was the 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 shot when um, Dick Jones is falling. <laughs> I, I, I I think I've said that it's a, a, a poor man's Hans Gruber. Yeah, I'd say as yeah. far as falling scenes go, it's no Die Hard. No. Um, sadly, there's no moment where he's grasping on the old man's gold watch or something, and the <laughs> old man. The, uh, another uh, very funny thing about that scene is that there's still an office gun. <laughs> in this office, there is still a wooden box um, with a uh, large uh, handgun in it. That's uh, that that was there the day where they said um, where where he. He handed Kenny the gun. Yeah, it's the same gun. Yeah, it's just <laughs> keep it handy. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's 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 a very good rhetorical tool. Yeah, you 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 just have. But it. you keep it loaded, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's um. it's 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 in the office at, at at all times in case anybody kind of and needs then, to take and, a hostage. Yeah, and like at the mayor's office, they just have an Uzi there. Yeah, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> in case like, anyone like wants to. <laughs> You know, just shoot off some steam, so I, to speak. I, I love that scene where 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 he's oh, like, where he makes his demands. I want a recount. Yeah. And no matter I, how it goes, I want my old job back. And I want a car. <laughs> really crappy mileage. Yeah. Um, but it's so many good things in this film. They say, we'll even throw in a blowpunk. And he's like, don't jerk me off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to kill the mayor. Um, oh. Let's meet your constituents. But it's so great. Everything in this movie is fantastic. And there are so many really great lines. Yeah. I mean, like, even the lines that are, you know, non sequiturs, like, can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> um, which is, 
Like, it makes no sense in context. I know he's throwing him through the air, but in what's, like, has Bobby ever implied that he wanted to fly? Does Bobby have dreams of becoming a pilot? <laughs> like, is there some context that makes this hilarious? There's, there's a magical kind of a thing where um, Cla- Cla- Clarence Bodiger is a kind of, like, a... Um, introducing Bobby to kind of uh, Never Everland. And, um, <laughs> There's an entirely different movie where it's like, you've yeah. got to believe, Bobby. Uh, I guess you didn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, I, I even, even just that sequence where they kick open the back door and they're ready to shoot Murphy and Lewis and the car is not there because, you know, Murphy, because Lewis is sweeping up the side. Yeah. That's a, like, that's a lovely small touch in a, in a wonderful action sequence. And there's a, Everything about this movie feels wonderfully put together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so with that in mind then, um, Andrew, where can we find you online? A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. But I mean, just follow follow, follow the, the, um, uh, the, the 250. Uh. Perfect. And you can find me online at Darren underscore Mooney. We will be back next week where we'll be launching, and we're very proud to do this, Anime Pro. Uh, which is we'll be discussing uh, two of Studio Ghibli's classic animated films, which are celebrating their 30th anniversary this year, which are Grave of the Fireflies and My Neighbor Totoro. And we're going to be joined for that by the wonderful Graham Day and the wonderful Marianne Cassidy, who have both been on before. They talked to us about your name uh, late right. last year, which is an episode we're, we're very happy about. And if you want to go back and listen, it's we recommend watching the film and listening to it. If but you're looking through our catalogue and you're thinking, wait, I don't see it, your name here. You may see it as Kimino Wawa. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actual name Kimi, that was... Kimino Nawa? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, or... it, it also may not actually be your your name, listener. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us online. You can find us online on iTunes, first. <laughs> on Stitcher, um, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud now as well. So anyway, take it easy, and we'll be back next week.